I got a dear friend who has a deck that's apparently like he's undefeated and he doesn't play people because they just get mad. I'm like, why don't you play for money? Can you play this for money? Hello, you should Craig. Do that. Illegally, sure. Oh, Illegally, man. sure. <laughs> He's fantastic. Oh my gosh. The last time I played Magic like regularly, I was in like middle school. Which and was like, like this was centuries like, ago. Late 90s, yep. <laughs> and we would drag our three ring binders that had all the card holders in oh, yeah. mm-hmm. your entire collection mm-hmm. and you pull it out there and there were trades going on in the lunchroom and oh, all the I time. definitely traded things that were like not worth more than I knew and shouldn't have given away because I was like, I don't play in this color, so fuck it. There was a peak, and you might know this, Mikey would have no concept, where you would walk around neighborhoods and suburbs and you'd find like magic cards in the dirt. Yep. Or like playgrounds. Like, People just left them yeah. there everywhere. Yeah, you're just like, wow, wow, is all this? There, people didn't want this car, like stuff what like you, that. What are you talking about? Maybe not magic, but I had a similar experience because I was a big Pokemon trading card fan, right? When so. Pokemon was at its peak, sure, yeah. Well, that was the thing. That was the gener- not even generation, just like the group after the kids in middle school playing magic. That was the next big hotness, and so that was that like animosity right. of these kids going into high school, going, "What the fuck is this Pokemon shit?" Right. And then Yu Gi Oh, kids are getting fights over Egyptian oh, god yeah. cards and all yeah. those crazy things. They still get angry about that stuff. Bro, I remember when I would go on vacation to Mexico, I'd buy like the bootleg cards. <laughs> the ones that had the wrong picture and the misspellings on them. <laughs> Yugi Amigo? Yeah, those cards? Yeah, yeah I see what you're saying. <laughs> Yogi Yo. Oh my gosh. What a time when things were much simpler. Oh. But hello, listening audience. The reason oh, we're hey, talking we're about. Back. The reason. <gasps> yes. <laughs> I need to start collecting some and be completely honest here. But hello, listening audience, and welcome to another episode of the Biconics Wrestling Podcast. Yeah. God, I miss <laughs> That's your lead in? Is this talking about late 90s Yu-Gi-Oh! Pokemon and Magic Cards? Honestly, we, there's a reason for that, John, remember? <laughs> oh, there is. That's right. Yeah, yeah, the reason we're talking about this is because three out of the four Biconics are here. One of us is not. Minnie is not going to be joining us for this episode because how dare he have a Magic the Gathering tournament? You but better then to win, also, buddy. You better, you you better, better, you better win. But to also put him further on blast, too. Even if he didn't have the Magic tournament, apparently there's no internet at his house at the moment either. So. <laughs> is he playing the. He injured. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, blame the state of Arizona for that. That's fair, yeah. He entered the Magic Tournament so that he could afford internet. That's what <laughs> this is his hero's journey, is to try and raise money to have internet in Arizona. There's going to be a whole documentary series. There's going to be a Lifetime <laughs> movie made out of it. We're the best. <laughs> Just shuffling decks and dropping cards on some table in a Walmart parking lot. Does Magic Tournament? It opens with a dual land tapped. <laughs> I just want to see one like Mountain Dew nerd just flip a table in anger, Uh-oh. slow motion. I almost did that last night, but that was for a whole different reason. I told my- we will talk about it because Mountain Dew is relevant to what it's- we're about to discuss to the- on this episode. It's my dream to flip a table like an Applebee's out of nowhere, <laughs> just boom, just not yeah, they even. They bolt those things down now for that reason. Yeah, because <laughs> people be flipping tables left and right. But or if you're in a, that, what it was it the weird cartoon from the late like two, the early 2000s? It was all the presidential like clones and stuff. Clone High. Oh my gosh! Yes, good knowledge. They flipped the bitch. Oh my gosh! This is gonna be this is gonna be a good episode. Listening audience, yeah, because Minnie's not here. Damn. There needs nah. to be there needs to be an Applebee's flip the table match, like just in a restaurant, just two two 
Anyone. We need a repeat oh, of Booker T. That's, it's still called fighting the grocery store, but instead it's fighting an Applebee's. That's what it is. And it's just, you got to put your opponent on the table, flip the table. I don't see why not, because WWE superstars do the freaking Applebee's commercials during these pay-per-views. <laughs> Seth and Becky, who definitely don't eat there, but obviously are doing that stuff. Him and his freaking mesh shirt. I was dying of laughter. If we just put this into the universe and it works... Oh, that would listen. No residuals, but WWE and Applebee's get on that right now. <laughs> Flipping tables in your neighborhood. <laughs> Applebee's <laughs> at this point, like there's nothing else that could possibly happen. Lest we forget. I try to purge it from my memory. But yeah, these sponsored matches sometimes can or they're OK oh, to God. They awful. always suck. They always suck. I tried to go down a rabbit hole because someone wrote an article about this of all the sponsored matches and things that they remember. And there's stuff that I had forgotten about from years ago. Yeah, and they're all they ne- like they never do well. I think the most egregious one in recent history for me personally was when they were advertising the Day Batista zombie movie on Netflix, and Damien Priest and The Miz had a lumberjack match, but it was all zombies and shit. I I know a stunt person in that movie, and she's amazing. And apparently, they had a blast making it. Oh, so. Day Batista is fun on set, and I heard nothing but good things. Yeah. That he's very professional, he's very charismatic, but he's also very kind. Yeah, I, I give full yeah. props to Tignataro stepping in at the end to re-record all those scenes by themselves with nobody there. That's right. I heard about that. Because they cut, <laughs> cut Axel Leo out. Yeah. It yeah, it was crazy. This is, this is now a pop culture podcast, by the way. We haven't <laughs> talked about anything else there. I never oh saw the, I never saw the zombie match that you're talking so, about. No, don't. Don't just don't. I'll, it's I'll, sad I'll, because I was just like the AFC match with Dolph Ziggler's Colonel Sanders. It was even better. <laughs> the other egregious one was not this past Survivor Series, but 2021 Survivor Series with the Pizza Hut Battle Royale. No, that was whole... Pizza Hut Battle Royale to celebrate the Rock's career. And that they was a pizza listen, party for the Rock. That was the worst pay per view of 2021. I don't care what oh. nobody says because that was the whole the Rock and Ryan Gosling. Yeah. Reynolds, yeah. Gosling, yeah, Ryan Reynolds, Ryan Reynolds, Reynolds. Okay, like that movie was coming out with the Rock in it on Netflix, and that was being a part of the sponsor, and it had a f- and the whole entire freaking Golden Egg storyline that happened that was god awful. Man in a golden egg. That was the only that for some reason they wanted to continue that through the Survivor Series because they had to because other than Charlotte versus Becky, everything else was mid. And there was weird stuff in the 90s. And John might remember. I can't. I got to look it on YouTube. There was like a sand match that was in the early 90s. That was like a SummerSlam thing. Where yeah. It wasn't a beach, but they put sand in the ring. And they were like, yeah, this is going to be great. But then it just turned into a coughing match where they couldn't fucking breathe. It was dusty and they were hurting themselves more because they were falling on sand. Like, yeah, and it was just like the thumbtacks and sort of What do you do? And they were supposed to start like on the sand thing. I'm trying. I'm vague because my memory's going. It started in the sand thing. Then they have to end in the ring. But they never made it because it was just so bad. I think this is an old WCW one. I think it was that could be. For yeah, Bachelor. maybe that's what it is. Yeah. And it was just like, what the fuck are you trying to do? Yeah, stipulation matches have been very intense. But hello, guys. Yes, <laughs> we should have did introductions a little bit ago. But you know what? It's better late than never. Welcome to the Biconics Wrestling Podcast. Three out of four of us are here because yeah. the other one had a... I kid you not, LA Knights, yeah, is stuck ahead. <laughs> yeah. We're the Triconics tonight. We're the Tri... Yeah, we're not the Biconics. We're the Triconics. We're the Tricons. Fancy hats. The- Sorry. That doesn't help anyone. We're the three stooges of wrestling. Oh, I, that's a great... I don't mind that. I'd be fine with that. 
Yes, we will be the three stooges of wrestling. But for tonight's episode, I am Mikey. I am joined by JVL and John, the professor. Hi. Hello. Hi. <laughs> I'm Shemp. You're the cousin <laughs> we don't talk about? Oh, that's, no. That's a joke for the over 80 demographic. <laughs> <laughs> Who's our primary demographic at this point? <laughs> Anybody who will listen to us. <laughs> But if this is your first time joining us, hi, hello, welcome. There are two episodes prior to this that you should go listen to in order to just gauge the chaos and see if you want to join us on this journey. Please Simon do. Miller, join us on our podcast. Oh my gosh. If Simon, Simon listen, Miller, come hang out. Simon Miller, even if it's just like five minutes, Xavier so, Woods. It's the seven-year <laughs> anniversary of Ups and Downs was this yes. recently, right? It's huge. It is. And I want we to love Simon Miller. We stand Simon Miller in this household. Did you see the shirt he was wearing on this week's Ups and Downs? Yeah. Simon Miller's hardest part of the ring is the apron, and it's got everything on there. I want it so bad. I have his Flexorcist shirt, actually. (laughs) (laughs) It's great. Nice. I never explain it when I go to the gym. People just kind of look at it like, wait, what? I know what it means. That's all that matters. That's a dream of mine for this podcast. Eventually, we would get some sort of traction, because I would love to, even for a couple minutes, chat with Simon Miller chat with the folks over at wrestle talk sure. and for was, those of you and even the smaller youtube channels because i love me some fight pole hey denise salcedo i saw you couple i saw you halloween havoc being corresponded you go girl i love denise she's great i think some of these folks though we not to sound cooler than we are but we're gonna hit it off and we're not gonna do anything we're just gonna ramble for hours that's the point uh, that's the point good. of this also i think it's important yeah next month I'm shooting the next shot, my shot next month. I'm going to bring my Simon, give this an up sign to Elimination Chamber and then have our, our little handle on there. So yes, please, dude, if we get even if that, I was like, we're Internet famous, you guys. <laughs> even if he makes a horrible joke at our expense, that's fantastic. Even if it's a down, I'm totally OK with it. I'm OK with it. It'll be like Simon yeah. Miller now knows we exist. But yeah, <laughs> the Wrestle Talk, Denise, Fightful, even the smaller ones like. If you love women's wrestling, if you love women's wrestling, please go check out the folks over at Ring the Bell. I love them so much. You sent me Ring the Bell not too long ago. It was about six months ago when we started talking about this stuff. You sent me that as one of the links. Yeah, Ring the Bell. I love them. They cover women's wrestling. And they. I love everybody doing it. DS, Paloma Star, Joey, the dad bod, demigod, Mayberry. <laughs> it's so great. But we should probably get into what we're actually here oh, for. No. So, do you want to go in order, or should we talk about the Mountain Dew Black Light Spencer poster? So now? we will get to that. So the way that I was thinking we could do is we could just talk about whatever wrestling news we want, talk about anything that we watched over this past month as far as matches that we like. Just talk about things. I definitely do want to get a preview of NXT Vengeance Day because that's coming up shortly. And it goes into the conversation we had off camera. I was just like, I'm mad because the storytelling and characters are okay, but these wrestling matches should be pretty decent. But then the main event, we're going to be talking about this year's Rumble. Maybe give a little bit of a history, be like people who are non-wrestling fans. What's a, what is the Royal Rumble? I'm glad you asked. So I'm thinking we can educate the children out here. And then because I have thoughts and feelings about this year's Rumble. So that's going to be the majority of this. I bet you do. Shut up. Uh, I have many a question mark, too. Like, questions I'll ask to the collective here and see if we can get Different than the ones that were going in the text string last night. <laughs> no, those <laughs> questions still apply. Talk about that. <laughs> I'm just like, what happened? We'll get into that, because 
Yeah, there were some things I was like, I was confused. I was like, I don't, I can't say I hate like this, but I can't say I hate it. Question mark. I don't know. We'll I get into it more nothing, detail. Nothing could be worse than last year. Yes, that is definitely something we can all agree on. This rumble was miles better than last year's. I will say, and we'll talk about our picks later. I made one or two picks based on last year's just to troll you all and just feed hate. And I was almost right. On a you were almost right. <laughs> it was, oh, it's going to be a glorious time when we get there. But let's start off. Where do we want to begin? Booker there on the pre-show. We talk about Booker T. Well, he was on the pre-show with like his full mustache twirled and everything mm-hmm. else. He looked like he was sad to be there. Like he did not want to be anywhere near like he's sitting next to Jerry the King Lawler. He looked like he was just glazed. Like I can't, who the, who is Gabriel Iglesias? What is going on over here? He Who's didn't Gabriel? want to be there. Do Jerry and Booker T not like each other? Oh, they hate each other. Oh, Fire definitely. They have, I feel Fire like they have to hate each other. And it's not an act. Like, they do not want to be on that side of the table with each other. And I also, Booker doesn't want to have to perform CPR when Jerry has his ninth heart attack. So you know, That was still a trip, the fact that Jerry had a heart attack on live raw television. That was he insane. Died. He physically he, died there. I didn't know he physically died. He, he died did. on raw? On yeah, Raw, died and they did, they did resuscitate. He was out for a good two minutes, like no heart activity, brain activity was like slowing. How come they left that out of the thirty year montage last week? I would have. <laughs> oh, let's. I guess we can start there because listen, as much because here's the thing, and I'm my sources will be the sources? thoughts and my sources that I'm going to be bringing up kind of coincide with DS from Ring the Bell because. And as much crap as I give the Bella Twins, I actually agreed with them when they put WWE on blast a little bit. I was like, you had no mention of the women's evolution, even not the Divas period, but everybody that came before us, like the Trish Stratuses and the Lita's and the Mickey Jameses, the Alondra Blazes, like no, even some Alundra, of the less Alondra Blaze was mentioned that she was the only one that was she there. was the only one that was there and she was relegated to a stupid poker game. <laughs> they didn't mention Marla or anyone like, no, no, not even the like ones that like nobody talks about, like Shaniqua and jazz. <laughs> Good knowledge. Jazz. Oh, yeah. Wow. And, the, and you could have said Victoria. She was coming into TNA like the next <laughs> night. Like you could have said something. OK, I w- OK, I'll get into that later, because like I've marked so hard, just like Jessica and Taya Valkyrie did. I th- I legit think they had no idea that was going to be Giselle's partner. <laughs> it was, and then fucked up Giselle. <laughs> Because you can't trust a spider, Tara. So did you guys, did you watch the Raw thing live or did you watch it after the fact? I watched it after the fact. Okay. I was I trying to, to watch it. Because three hours what? live, I was just like. <laughs> Long time. And what sucks and what's really hard, and maybe this is just me. I'm an old man yelling at a cloud. But if there's so much filler, I can walk away for an hour, come back, and it hasn't been into another match yet. It's yeah, some no. other strange promo in the same alleyway whatever so trying to keep up was it was really hard and i have ad attention so i could sit there for three hours if you're actually giving me something to watch but every time i tuned in it was either a montage or it was people who were retired and a few days out of a wheelchair like (laughs) it was like okay you're here okay or kurt angle joining dx one of the three (laughs) i will say this kurt angle is the only legend to join multiple factions because lest we forget not that long ago a couple years ago he's he was an honorary member of the shield (laughs) i pull that back he's not the only one to have that triple threat triple h also joined the shield oh that's right kurt angle he was that friend that wasn't a friend of anyone Back 20 years ago when Kurt Angle was Kurt Angle. Yeah, one high school friend that was always there. They're like, oh, you're not my friend, but you walk around with us. Fine. <laughs> I was Kurt then. It's still Kurt now. <laughs> but he's just a sexy Kurt. He'll make your ankle hurt. 
I really, <laughs> I'm still mad. I was like, Jason Jordan, like that whole, as stupid as that storyline was, Jason Jordan being Kurt Angle's son was probably like one of those things that never got the full potential it realized. It was the wrong choice. It needed to be Chad Gable. That so part, one, yes. And I think we've talked about it on the podcast. And I know I've talked about it with other friends of mine who are wrestling nerds and they love this stuff. Vince has this thing where if you're in another promotion, you're dead to me. That's a standard businessy thing or whatever. But even to not honor folks, Hall of Fames or tag team reunions or big events that mark these sorts of things, it you could have got Billy Gunn and just said, hey, just don't scissor anybody. Don't make the joke. Can you just be here for what this was? And the fans would have been all in on it. Tony Khan has come out and said multiple times he has reached out to them saying, we are happy to send you Billy Gunn. We just ask you men- mention AEW on TV. And that's a big no-no for them. They won't do it. And if it's, if it, maybe just wear the shirt and go. That's how it has to be. And you would have, and he's might be the, he might be the only one out of all of them who can actually move a little bit. He is. He is. We have seen it in AEW on multiple occasions. I have not watched enough AEW to see him move yet. <laughs> that, that man is on some sort of HGH beyond HGH because he oh, that's, better cut yeah. than he was when he was in his 20s. I, I believe that. The, the old Steiner effect. Yeah. Yeah. But I also like watching Billy Gunn enjoy himself, too, because he's having a great time being yeah. the mouth, being like a part of the entourage for the acclaimed. And yeah. oh God, as dumb as the segment was, the family therapy session between him, the acclaimed and the guns was hysterically. <laughs> it was hysterically. Apparently that was cut short, too, because the, since they got Mark Briscoe to be able to do that final match, they cut a bunch of. OK, the time let's the talk about that, because that was oh, my gosh, that was probably the biggest news story to happen this month in wrestling was when. Jay Briscoe. Yeah, the passing of Jay Briscoe in a car yeah, accident it didn't need to happen. Dear God, like just reading the stuff about that and how like he wasn't wearing a seatbelt. His girls were like it just it's. It's heartbreaking because that can happen literally to anybody, not just right. Jay Briscoe. It, it was so sad. <laughs> it's super sad. And what's tough, too, is I'll say the professory thing because that's what I'm said. When I teach tragedy in my classes, it's a school bus full of puppies driving over a cliff and crashing is not a tragedy. That's unfortunate. What's tragic are the series of preventable events that lead up to that moment. Who gave the puppy the keys? Who let all the puppies on the bus? Who put the car into drive who put the puppy in the seat and on the steering wheel and started it who did all those things so when you hear horrible stories like this it's like that's just all you had to oh and that makes that's a true tragedy on the flip side i haven't followed wrestling in a long time and i knew who that was there you go because you just recently saw the dog collar match (laughs) yeah and i was like yeah double dog collar match yeah that guy's great (laughs) so i was going back in the rolodex like i know who that was because I saw that other match, sure, and then I was also like, hey, that dude was cool as hell and had a brother right in this. So I, even I was like, oh my god. And just watching the emotion on the faces of everybody as they were allowed to finally do this. Jay Lethal crying on the way to the ring and like how I watched the final three count. You can see Lethal just fully like holding back the shakes of being sad as the, he knows the match is ending. Everything's going. He just took the major thing. And it's, yeah, and for all that he was human, he did a lot of stuff. He said some pretty crappy stuff 10 plus years ago. He started to work his way back from and he was taken way too soon and he was a good oh. family man and everything else. It's never anybody. It just reminds you like it's not who deserves it and who doesn't. It's literally like luck of the draw when things like that happen and just hug your loved ones close and tell them you love them. And it gives you a perspective of the difference between that company and WE in that con flew all those folks out today. If you heard about this or whatever, the funeral service was today. It was streamed live. 
Like, apparently, Tony Khan flew out all kinds of folks to go. Yeah. They took a night off taping, I understand, or they changed the schedule or whatever. They're like, no, this is important. Vince never would have done that. Bischoff never would have done that. No, definitely not. It would have been like... Fighting with, uh, fighting with Omega to get his passport back because he's been having visa issues. That's why he wasn't there for the show. Oof. Trying to get him at least back for this, so... I mean, it's crazy sad. And just the way it's handled it is so different. Well, yeah, I mean, it's really weird because just because of how much... and It's not fair because I don't want to blame everybody involved in the higher-ups when it comes to this kinds of stuff in WWE, but like... Just Vince. Just Vince, yeah. He gets my hate. Because here's the thing, too. So, okay. So, I'm one of the few people that is heavily invested in Impact, right? (laughs) And so, anybody who does watch Impact and knows of the history of TNA, which was what it was called before Impact and all that, too. One of the longtime commentators that has been in the commentating Hall of Fame for wrestling was Don West. So, like, when I was like, you know what? Like, I was watching it, like, when Don West was left TNA when I started discovering it, like, towards the later half of the 2000s, so to speak. Which, by the way, as a side note, I watched a very interesting documentary from one of the wrestling YouTube channels I followed that broke down the history of the beautiful people. (laughs) Ooh, Interesting. I was just like, yo, I haven't heard that name in a long time. Huh. And then I, I was, and the only reason that I remembered, I was like, oh, wait, I forgot that Madison Rain was a part of that. Yeah. It's crazy, but that's, we can save that for when we talk about women's wrestling when it's Women's History Month. I would love to do that. That's a we good idea. We can talk about women's wrestling whenever we want, man. That is true. You know, we have to wait for the delegated month <laughs> when people are relevant to society to discuss their accomplishments. I am withholding a very bad comment, being that we're coming into February and that didn't <laughs> need to be said. So, yeah, no. let, we're going. The thoughts and <laughs> it's like the viewpoints and thoughts expressed on this podcast. <laughs> no, no, I hate it. I teach multicultural perspectives in theater. Like that stuff drives me crazy. What having a multicultural perspective or a teaching the damn thing? No, having <laughs> relegating it to a date in the calendar when people are relevant. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I'm off the hook eleven months because now you matter. It's like, no, 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 no thanks. Leaving women's wrestling out of the thirty year problem. Like, what are you doing? Because the first segment went long, cutting their match when you had so many other that part really made me mad. Other uh-huh. things you really get to cut out. Like, it did I get cut. Excited. Okay, yeah. I was excited for the the bloodline thing went ran long, right? And instead of cutting the promos, the packages, everything else, the stupid freaking poker sets, they cut Becky and freaking Bailey in a steel cage. That's what messed up because I was like, I I, was so upset. I missed. I feel like I walked away at the wrong time and missed a chunk of it. Oh, I guess I walked away. I it got cut. You didn't. Becky got down to the ring. She got to the damn steps and was attacked by damage Katarl. And, <laughs> and then they beat the crap out of him. Can I also sidebar? I know this is getting jumping to the women's rumble, but when Bailey entered, I was looking, she had an armband on. I'm like, oh, it's a green armband. It's not the J armband that like Kevin's wearing and stuff like that. Whose name I was on it? Did somebody else die? Did I miss something? No, it just said freaking Kurtarl in it. I was like, <laughs> what is the point of that? Like, why I don't you know like that with what's been going on this last couple of weeks? In the words of Bianca Belair, girl, uh-uh. <laughs> I Which mean, we'll talk about that match too, because I was like, I knew I wasn't expecting anything great, but I was like, damn. I was well, like, it was the woman's yeah. rumble. No, Bianca Beyond versus Alexa. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll 
Well, I'll and, say my feelings for that one championship on the match, but not the other women's championship on the map. Yeah, we'll discuss that because there are we're, some we're on a tangent. Were there any other monthly things you want to jump on? Let me see. The, uh, fuck Vince McMahon. Did we talk Vince? Did we talk mm, Vince at all? Do we want to? Yeah, I guess we have to. I don't know I if guess. we did or not. We almost had we could tell that this no. was a, we almost had an emergency podcast meeting. <laughs> Like I yeah. was texting, maybe we should meet now because it's happening the fuck now. <laughs> and I was that like, was just- let's wait and see if it gets confirmed or not, because we are. So I was like, cool. We ended 2022. Cool. Awesome. <laughs> not even a week later after we recorded that episode, like we're barely into the cramps of January and news begins spreading as Vince McMahon is making his return to WWE. And then a few days later, Vince McMahon has now been put back in the chairman position. And then what Stephanie retired again. Oh, Stephanie McMahon probably retired after that, too. I was like, damn, she's, Stephanie, she's, you can't catch a break. No, she's getting the hell out of Dodge. She knows what's about to happen. So. Oh, it's, it's a, about to go down. She's yeah. made her m- 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 millions, right? So all she has to pray is that her husband stays safe. Their kids are okay. And in a few years, she can do whatever the hell she wants. Just stay well, away from the brand. She still gets all the royalties from being an on-air talent. So like, oh, you yeah, know, she's, else, she's fine. Right. I, I don't. I think what also broke the camel's back, too, and this was partially my fault, too, and most of wrestling internet and news outlets fell prey to it because it was a rumor that went out of proportion, was the whole that WWE has confirmed a deal with the Saudi Arabia government. I was like, what the hell? I was going to stop watching. I was going to give back all my stuff. There was no way in hell I was supporting that. If they, I remember we had this conversation. I was like, damn it. If this happens, now I have to reconsider selling my WrestleMania tickets. I was going to be so pissed. So my confusion, though, is that story came out on, I don't know, in the evening time on the West Coast anyway. Because mm-hmm. I don't know who it was. It might have been what culture. It was, too, uh, it was folks in London talking about it at three in the morning, hazy eyed. Okay. Yeah. Russell Talk was just like, so this yeah. just happened. We're barely awake trying to make sense of the thing. I wonder why that got fire so fast. Because there's cons- cons- conspiracy brain in me is, oh, that means something, even if it's not true. The fact that it went so far so fast. According to what came out later, Vince was having behind closed doors meetings with the Saudi government just on his own. He was like basically stoking fires for deals and like keeping things hot because they they want to deal with him. They don't want to deal with the new regime. Sure. And so he brought that with him into the boardroom when he came in. And because he'd been having that and people knew what was going on, they thought a deal had already been brokered. and He was just going to have it smooth it over with the board. And then there was also that something that came out, the person that broke it broke that story slightly because he was trying to get back at WWE for something like he was not happy with there was something going on with it so he huh. said it as if it was actually something and the entire world picked it up because it, the, again in that whole realm of how Vince McMahon is and everything runs it, it's not beyond the realm of possibility that he would pull sure. his carny shit and do that stuff behind closed doors but and then we had the whole talk at the same time where Vin, we all talked about okay if this happens do we give back our tickets to the live events but also how could this happen you have a guy in a storyline right now who's the like babyface of babyfaces in the heel faction who is Sammy for Syria not allowed to perform at Saudi shows how would you have that continue if it was already being sold to Saudi Arabia you'd have to drop your entire money making storyline just for Saudi dollars but again they can pay for God so who knows. Wait, I might yeah. not be familiar. Whose story is this? They can't perform in Saudi Arabia? So Sammy Zayn. And he has come out against the Saudi government multiple times. Oh, That's why he's no never at any way. of the Crown Jewel events. Yeah. There's a lot There's a lot of wrestlers for various oh, I, reasons. Like, I he won't do it. That. Kevin Owens won't do it. <laughs> yeah. I love Sammy, that dude now, by the way. Sammy but we'll talk about him later. 
he donates what he doesn't get paid for that show or anything else for Saudi shows. But when Saudi shows come up, he donates what would have been his salary for it from his own pocket to Sammy for Saudi, Sammy for Syria every time. And he's got his stuff going there because it's just it's ridiculous. That's fantastic. Good for yeah. him. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. Wow. So that's why it was a little weird to hear they're selling to the government. You're basically taking one of your top stars out of the running here. He can't perform for you. He can't do anything for you because they're owned by the Saudi government now. It's never going to work that way. But at the same time, it makes sense. Like what was just said recently, like this is going off of wrestling, but Elon Musk was threatening to sell Twitter to the Saudis to be able to (laughs) take it private too. They're like, they're in every conversation now to buy everything else to take it off the stock market. So. I think it, and Mikey, jump in because you're smarter than me and you know this. Shane did a lot of the Saudi stuff, right? That was Shane's big push at one point. Or am I crazy? Weren't there stories about that for a while too? Shane. But Shane's disappeared, disappeared. Nobody knows. Isn't even in the picture. He's persona non grata now after the rumble last year. This is what I remember. Yeah. I love that Stephanie, like when she took over as co-chairman, like co-CEO, chairwoman, all that good stuff. One of my favorite parts is because they, they there was a press conference and they asked Stephanie, so what about your brother? And she like threw the most subtle shade when she responded. It was so great. She's my brother is currently at home right now and he is just living his life, not having anything involved in WE as long as I'm here. And she says all this with the smile. I was like, yes, Stephanie, you, be, you put your brother on blast. Because he was also not in the 30th anniversary montages that they made on last Monday. Yeah. Well, right. I would figure, especially since his dumbass, but last year's rumble and how bad that ended up being. No, because it was, and we, I was a whole week of conspiracy theory and me texting friends of mine and wrestling people and folks who aren't even into wrestling anymore were following that story and still are. Like, what does this mean? Because it, and there's so many YouTube videos about this and we could talk forever and the diligence has been done elsewhere. If it goes to Disney, it means this. If it goes to Comcast, it means this. If it goes Amazon, to the Saudis, it means this. If it's a prime thing, it means this. If it's USA and some... No, that's still Comcast. Peacock. There's another... That's what it... Yeah, Pe- yeah, Peacock, Peacock and whatnot. And there's all kinds of hands in the pot. And then there's this 1.5% chance that Tony Khan gets it. <laughs> yeah. I, the I fact would that people that. thought that could be a possibility, I was like, that's never oh, going to happen. It's a possibility that it's going to be in a bidding war and he's going to drive up the price of it probably to price right. him out. So yeah. how, yeah. how fucking cool could that be? <laughs> Listen, I'm telling you, this is just my dream is if everybody could drop their egos, like again, and this was part of our hopes and dreams. This is a very long shot. It's probably not going to happen in my lifetime, but I would love to have a all brand world cup forbidden door type of thing where you get AEWE impact new Japan. But then again, who wins, who takes pins all that's a lot. That's the problem. The funny part is I was thinking about this after I re-listened to it and I was listening back to the episode. There's a way that's already been set up from older days that they could do it. You take each company as a new territory and the champions rotate. Oh, so you share Definitely. the champions and you get that going. So not everyone has to win or lose, but then Roman becomes the new flair going over to Europe, going over to Austria and Germany, like doing stuff over in Japan. You head up to Calgary, the Mecca and fight your way through there. Yeah. Yeah. Okada comes over here and does like a stint with WWE or AEW or goes down to AAA in Mexico or something like everywhere that has India's yeah. one that's going on now. Like you could have yeah. the international territories. I would love to see Josh Alexander, new Japan. That would be so interesting to watch him wrestle with a bunch of folks over there. Josh Alexander in Evolve would be hysterically awesome. Has there been any move on the Freddie Prince Jr. Union wrestling promotion he's trying to make? Because I know that I'm sure there's pushback because 
if it ec- worked, he'd break the system. The economic downturn that we had for a little while there really sank him a bit just because of pulling funders, doing stuff there. And I think sure. his wife was also getting a little pissed. He's like, are you taking money out of our kids' college careers to go do this? And he's like, yes. I mean, you haven't done a film in 22 years. You sure you want to do this, Freddie Prince? Yeah. Because that's unfortunate. Because in my head, that's where, like, that that's what speaks to what Mikey and you were talking about. Like, if that could kick off that way, then you have something that unifies everybody. Yeah. As opposed to just billionaires doing stupid shit to Saudis. There you go. Yeah, that was the more somber part, but I do want to do one good news story that this is just a personal one for me. There's nothing good that happened this month, Mikey. For me, there was. What happened to you? So recent, and this is just me, because I love seeing people, like, be genuinely happy to be back. So, like, good things that happened to me, Mickey James did not retire. (laughs) She beat Uh Jordan Grace at Hard to Kill, and now she's the new Impact Knockouts champion. So she's, I figured she wasn't going to retire. But, man, it would have really, either way, it would have been great. Mickey winning, she's new Knockouts. And we'll get into that, because I do want to ask what everybody, if anybody watched any good matches this month that were not pay-per-view related. Because there's one particular one I enjoy just because of the sheer hilarity of it all. But man, would it have boosted Jordan's cred up if she was to be like, going down her list, she's the one that retired Mickey James. That would have been crazy. But I'm glad Mickey James. That was one good thing. But I think probably my favorite part was actually the return of Tara, aka WWE's Victoria, back to the wrestling ring after some time. She teamed up with Giselle Shaw to take on the Death Dolls, which is the trio of Rosemary, Jessica, formerly known as Havoc, and, of course, La Huera Loca, Taya Valkyrie. <laughs> I love Taya. She's great. And watching Frank, the whole match, too. It, yeah, Frankie. I'm so mad that WWE messed that up. I was like, this is Taya Valkyrie. I was like, how do you Frankie mess Monet. this up? <laughs> Frankie Monet. I was mad too because her, her theme song was fire. Only because it's the same girl who raps over Bianca's track. So I was like, I was, anyways, I already oh, discussed that. <laughs> but, anyways, I'm still, Tyra, learning, I'm still learning names. Tyra Valkyrie is awesome. Okay, carry on. <laughs> I just had to look her up. Look at her. Okay. She, yeah, yeah. she is the wi- wife. She, yeah, she is the oh. wife of Johnny Dripchit, Johnny Mundo, Johnny, insert name right here. Yeah. Johnny Flippy Flip. Flip. Jeez, She's man. great. And her following her, on the Instagram, her entrance music is one of my favorites, too, from that she currently has. I mean, she's coming in with the Death Dolls music because that's their little faction. But her theme song done by Russell and Flo is pretty fire. Yeah. <laughs> but seeing Tara back in the ring and you could see that she was trying not to cry as she was coming back and wrestled and beat the ever living daylight out of Giselle Shaw towards the end of the match was great. Mm-hmm. And then just perfect comedic timing watching Jessica and Taya as Giselle and Tara were arguing. I was like, where did you get the popcorn from? And Rosemary just spearing the ever-living daylight out of Giselle Shaw's valet. It was perfect. So that was one of my good things that happened this month in wrestling. I don't watch enough, so I didn't find any good things. But those all sound vaguely familiar. (laughs) I'm telling you, the... Go and watch the highlights because Impact always uploads each section of their Thursday shows on their YouTube channel. And that's like full matches and everything, too. It's a great time. All right. I'll do that. They're one of the few. My match. So one of the matches I watched when you said, I'm like, oh, the one that I was going to say was on a pay-per-view, but it wasn't a well-known pay-per-view. I was watching Great Muda versus Shinsuke, which was in. Bro, Great Muda versus Shinsuke Nakamura was amazing. What? All right. I'm going to type this into the doobly-doo. 
WWE loaned Shinsuke Nakamura to Pro Wrestling Noah to do the because the Great Muda is doing his retirement matches and he fought Shinsuke in Pro Wrestling Noah, which was a huge thing, sending him to Japan. And then and, later in January, he teamed up with Darby Allen of AEW and Sting. Yeah, and he's gonna have his final match as the. Oh my God! Oh, this guy is a great mood. Yeah, against wrestling. Yeah, his last year, and he's the inventor of the poison mist. He's the guy that yeah. came up with that type of thing. So, watching Shinsuke beat him with the black mist was interesting as well. Wow! But that I'm was a pay per view. So, um, that was the pay per view match. That was go watch that. Obviously, nothing else. Watching Shinsuke try to get his hood off during his entrance, and they had the fiddler too with his WWE. End. Oh, it's so good. But my TV match was one of the most lambasted ones that was a couple weeks ago. And it was the the brawl match between Ty Mello and Anna Jay and Willow Nightingale and Ruby Soho. Bro, that match was so much fun. And I'll say it again. Why can't women bleed? Do they bleed more than us anyways? Oh, they're no way. They're tougher than we are. <laughs> Fuck y'all and your masochistic and like freaking male-centered shit on this. They did better in a balls-out brawl than I've seen for half of the stupid lights-out matches we've seen or anything else. I saw memes and photos of this. I didn't watch the match, but you're right. That's... Looks so, amazing. This is why I... Fucking uh, yeah. Eddie Guerrero gusher. That she's still alive? I'm surprised. Sure. And like, for me personally, because... I didn't pick that one as my favorite like TV match of the week, but that was up there. What I also really enjoyed too, because I was like, Ruby's a trooper. She was bleeding all over the place. And then of course, Ty Mello also did great. There were a couple spots. I was like, Oh my gosh, they're dead. <laughs> Everybody's the just part of the ring. Yeah. What I actually really enjoyed too. And I thought about it as like, you know what? This is really good because this is a different side of Willow. I haven't yet to see yet. And it's nice to see be like, you know what? She can be bubbly and cute and all that. But when it's go time, she will lace up her boots and she will beat the ever living daylight out of people if she need be. And then nearly cripple Anna Jay. Yeah. I was like, Willow, don't do that. No, that was, I think that was whoever designed that stunt didn't think it through. And then mm. they didn't do the prep that they usually like, because it reminded me of when Bubba did it to Mae Young and he was fine because they <laughs> built it right. But she overshot the table and Willow hit the table full with her butt and literally spiked her onto carpeted concrete. It was insane that she got up from that. And I'm glad she didn't die because that was the scariest part. But what got me afterwards was this so like, misogynistic replays yeah. and talk about it going this shouldn't happen this is terrible it shouldn't be in wrestling why yeah the problem with women being tougher than you ever could be i just you saw an article with- pop up that you're paraphrasing or that you're dialing in on that was by deadspin that was talking about like, hey everybody bleeds she's fine and they're talking about the yeah. art for the art's sake and what it is and what it means and a lot of other stuff it was also yeah it was really refreshing though to hear willow because she, like this past week, she was on oral sessions with Renee, which is if you should go check out Renee's podcast, podcast, too. It's a great time. I love it because that's where you get like the most honest versions of these wrestlers. Yeah, uh, Brian Danielson talking about the fact that he hated being in John Cena's house after that he was the freaking life. hilarious. He what? was like, yeah, yeah, because remember, Daniel Bryan is Brian Danielson, whatever you want to call right. him. He's married to one of the Bella twins and, you know, the Bella twins had a TV show on E. Well, they, they were brother-in-laws at one point and then that fell apart, correct? Well, they, yes. So, so but Nikki never got married to him. Yeah, Nikki and John oh, never got married. Oh, shit. Because <laughs> but, now but, she's like, married to one of the Dancing with the Stars dancers. But literally, he had to go and he recorded his retirement promo when he had to go back when he had first retired the first time. Sure. And the next day had to fly out to John Cena's house to film for freaking total bellas and he's like i couldn't go home i couldn't be with the people i loved i had to go film the stupid thing and be in john cena's guest house 
to film the stupid show I didn't want to be there for. And it was like the whole big thing is like, I, it was like, this literally was the worst day of my life. Wow. And that came out of Renee's podcast. I love that. He's yeah, I'll tell you about this. Yeah. And so it was really good, but Willow went on there and she basically reiterated what JVL said here about she Willow was happy that she got a chance to be able to do something like this because this isn't her first rodeo on the indie. She would do stuff like this a little bit too, but it was the first time that she got it. She was doing something like this. That was going to be televised. And so it's a completely different beast than doing these types of matches on for like indies that upload the shows on YouTube. Yeah. But this is like her first televised one. And she, I love her even more now. Cause she eloquently put it. She's just, she basically summarized what she said. She said that, women having hardcore matches and everyone being shocked by it in this day age of wrestling is this women have proved that they can go as much, if not better than some of their male counterparts. And by treating these hot women, hardcore matches, like being like, Oh, that was good for a women's like hardcore matches. This is like, then you're treating, you say you're about equality in wrestling, but now by saying for a women's matches, like you're treating it as the exception and not the status quo as it should be. I was like, you go, Willow. I stand you even harder. <laughs> so this is Renee Dupree podcast, you said? Renee Paquette. 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 John Moxley's uh, wife. Yes, for formerly Renee Young. Yeah, of WE. I'll ask you I'll ask you off the podcast. I'll try and find it. I'll dig it up because I need to collect Just all these Just look up oral sessions. Oh, that's a very specific phrase. I'm going to type <laughs> no, that. No, that's what it's called. Do it in gonna, incognito mode. And yeah, then, uh, type yeah. that not into the Google. <laughs> <laughs> go duck go that one. Her most recent podcast is actually with Will Osprey. That was a really fun one to watch. Yeah. And learning more about Will, I was just like, yeah, my Twitter game before was really off. <laughs> I need, need a better podcast. It was so nice. to see. It was refreshing because he talked about, besides wrestling, he also talked about being a wrestler and then him being dyslexic. And then also he talked about being on the spectrum as well, which was very fascinating to hear. I was like, I did not know that. But the, yeah, that that hardcore match on was so much fun. JVL, I gotta go find that. The only what was it? Rampage. It was on Rampage, right? It main evented Rampage, it was on Rampage right? It was on, it main evented Rampage about two or three weeks ago. So the only there's a handful of I was able to watch a handful of things this month, and the only thing that kind of stands out in my memory that I was really like, oh shit, I got to watch that. I have never seen Darby Allen before. Oh my gosh! Did you? Never, was it the TNT Championship I watched, match? I watched Darby Allen Samoa Joe. Oh um, my gosh, that was so good! I, I had a good time. I'd only ever heard of cool emo kid, but I've always been a Samoa Joe person, and I think Samoa Joe is that one of those great wrestlers that's always a heel but always a good guy, like always both at the same time, no matter what. The ultimate tweener. Yeah. Ultimate. <laughs> they call him a switch. So I ACDC. Talking about my favorite Mimosa Joe. So I, I love <laughs> that. I like just... to credit that to Tim and Joel. Call it in the ring over at Fifle Overbooked. I love their podcast. It's great. <laughs> There's moments where I was like, this is ultra violent, but telling a story. There was crazy. He like hit him so hard. He like Darby spun out of the ring and disappeared. Yeah. He was like, what are all these things? But just as me getting back into it and watching more wrestling, that was a great sort of, oh, look, the storytelling still exists. There's well, you're still... also watching, you're watching it like a 25 year old basically not be able to have a back in his next 10 years either. Cause that's true. The, dude's going to have a rod in his back and have a lot of fused vertebra within the next few years. Cause I remember I, 
I went back and looked up Darby Allen because I'd always heard of, and then I saw like ladder matches and crazy indie shit. Okay, this that's what I'm seeing. But I watched that whole match. Oh, this is cool. Okay, I'm in. And then I started watching other matches. I think everything else that night was like, eh, meh. And then like we talked about off the air about it's hard to watch through bad acting for 45 minutes. Just be like, oh, you're not even trying. Come on. But that's a match I watched, and I was like, this is amazing. Samoa Joe is still an evil bastard. It's still terrifying. Can I riff on the bad acting for a second? Go you for it. I mean, it's... Because yeah, that's yeah. eventually going to lead into the other thing before we talk about the Rebel, because I do want to preview NXT Vengeance Day. This is where it's just amazing that I'm with you on this, John, where I can tell when it's bad acting, it's terrible. Like You're just losing me from everything you're on there. And then I go and watch Fightful or wrestle talk or other people go it was amazing the best promo i've ever seen it brought you in and did things i'm like okay i'm am i a snob am i just that because i expect more of people because i've seen good acting in those type of situations are they really just hyping it up and being untruthful on these other things here and not being honest because they want to make a good impression i don't know like i feel like there's a fine line to walk where you're excited about someone doing it or saying it really got the point across or you're just saying that to draw people in to watch it and get more people watching your channel at the same time I think, I think there's two things going there because, and I can speak from being an acting teacher and from the other side, if I've been teaching you for six months and I see you grow and your growth and whatever, I'm biased, right? I know where you came from. I know where you started. I know where you're ending. Therefore, I'm cheering where you're going as opposed to knowing nothing about you and going, what is that? So I'm subjective and then objective and blah, blah, blah. And I would think that on some podcasts that those are their friends or they've known forever. And if I, oh, can I say this? I can say this. And this is my hot take. I think wrestlers have very thin skin, very thin skin. They take, a lot of them will take things personal immediately when it's, lest we we forget like the recent example that we brought up last time that Shotzi deleted her social media after the women's money in the bank match of how hard the internet was going after her. Sure. I was like, that's not... And, and it's... Part of it is the piling on effect like that. And then part of it is the... I, to critique you is to insult you. And all those things are part in the pot a little bit. And it's... Uh, and I think in a culture... And we can talk about the greater culture of wrestling and whatnot. Where it's a culture of receipts. And you said this about me. And now I have a grudge. And now next time I see you, maybe this is going to happen. And maybe I'll hit you a little harder than I need to. Or maybe the... Right? You never want to say anything about anyone. Because it's going to come back to you. Unless you're Seth freaking Rollins talking about CM Punk backstage. I saw that and that was hysterical, by the way. That was ridiculous. <laughs> I, was, I was I'm like the when he said it in his outfit, I was like, damn it, Seth. <laughs> gives no fucks. He'd fight him right now because oh, yeah. if you've seen CM Punk in an MMA, it's like a duck trying to walk. So I think it, all that's mixed in there. But I think they're it's a dual it's my opinion. I think it's them it's a duality of them cheering on their friends. And seeing where they've come from. But then also doing a promo, speaking promo to promo. It was awesome. Look at this thing that they're checking out. They can't kick out of that necessarily. No, especially when you're trying to promote and do things with that that makes sense. But right. lately, like after hearing and talking to you about that stuff, I've noticed more and more that I don't give the promos as much grace as I used to. And I'm expecting huh? more of them, which I shouldn't be. Because I keep forgetting that this isn't an actor or this isn't a stunt combatant. This is an actor, gymnast, stunt combatant, road killed, crash test dummy who's got to somehow connect with thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people every week 
based on some writer who's been vetoed by a crazy old man with a tyrannosaurus mm-hmm. skull in his office. And, you know, there you go. I, I, yeah. I have to remember like, it's a different art form. It's not where I'm looking at for even people that I know that do bad improv. Like, yeah. it, it, bad improv and like, this stuff is different levels, different apples and oranges. Mikey has this experience when you stand in front of a bunch of students and you forget what you're going to teach that. Oh, yeah. That happens right? more on but, occasion than right? people... <laughs> it happens to me every time. And I just wing it. <laughs> But then you walk out there and do that in front of 100,000 people in your underwear and boots. That's hard. I'm not saying yeah. it's, that's ridiculous. So you have that on top of that as well. So the pressure to be in the moment and deliver, that could take you years on the microphone to get there. Genuinely. Yeah, it's tough. And like, I'm in the same boat. And it, yeah, I mean, it leads into this because we were talking a little bit before we started recording about how NXT, there's some good wrestling from time to time, but yeah. There's like maybe one or two people that have defined characters. Everyone else is floundering to figure out what they are, which is going to lead into my next bit because I do want to preview Vengeance Day. But really quickly, as an honorable mention for a pay-per-view match, I honestly think, yeah, Shinsuke versus Great Muda was great. But then, of course, you know, it's done to death. Everyone's going to be like, oh, you're a fanboy. But my favorite pay-per-view match this month for January was definitely Kenny versus Will. Yeah, come on now. And I was, I shouldn't have been surprised that Kenny won, but I was still surprised that Kenny won. So I hope we get like a, yeah, wrecked my picks. I was like, damn it, Kenny Omega. But that honorable mention pay-per-view, my TV match of the month of January, 2023. Actually, it's, this is going to sound weird, but maybe because I'm a little biased because I got to support like anytime I see my. Any type you're of under, you're underselling all here. Just get it out there, man. You've preset this where you're like, I'm this, biased. I don't like this. this My picks are bad. I don't know. We trust your picks, Mikey. Just tell us. <laughs> Stand okay. on it. So this was a tough one because there there were two you that I really enjoyed. Just tell us what the just damn go. <laughs> okay, so my my runner up match just was. Tell us what the goddamn match. <laughs> okay, my TV match for January two thousand and twenty three has to go Brian Danielson versus Bandito on Dynamite. That was probably my favorite I, TV match of this I month. I really liked that match. That was you picked awesome. That one. You pick, oh my god, I'm so disappointed you picked that one. I can't my runner up was <laughs> Danielson versus Kondosuke Takeshi. That was it was hard, but I gotta support Bandito because he's the homie. <laughs> and he didn't win at Wrestle Kingdom like I thought he would. We don't talk about that. So then uh, but so this is the segue. So then now Daniel is this Thursday, right? Is that now or my timeline's wrong? No, so if you're talking about Brian Danielson, he right. would be relegated to Wednesdays. He just it's took Wednesday. on, yeah. He just took on Brian Cage this past week. That was yeah, he did. Match too, yeah. And he still can't lose, right? He can't lose leading all the way he up. He loses. Right? He can't get to MJF. Yeah. Mm, okay. Yeah, he has to win every single match leading into Revolution, which takes place March fifth in oh, San. That's so. my mistake. That's my mistake. <laughs> Didn't they pilmanize like his ankle or something, like that, or his arm or something like that? Like his arm, and then that's when they gave this past Wednesday. That's when he gave that fiery promo and he dropped like curse words, like Lord. He's I wrestled in a sixty minute Iron Match with the effing separated shoulder listen pissed off brian is probably my favorite yeah yeah because he gets crazy and he has nothing to lose but bandito versus danielson was my match of the month runner-up was danielson versus kanosuke takeshita those chops that daniel that those chops between him and kanesita were horrifying (laughs) i remember they just stood there and did that for a good 60 seconds oh my god 
Actually, speaking of chops, I'm going to jump in here and like completely derail the podcast again. But this Obviously. was brought up when my friends and I were my friends and I were watching the Royal Rumble last night because of who was in it and everything else going on. If you had to choose to take multiple or any type of chops from these people, which of these would you take them from? So Ric Flair in his prime, Gunter right now, or Walter basically on the Indies, Benoit in his prime with the knife edge chops, Danielson like he did, or I'll spoil what my thing was. Like I'm talking about all these different ones and it wasn't an option we came up with, but I finally said, no, I would take big shows. My reasoning is yes, it would hurt like hell and it's much more of an area, but I'd only have to take one. Exactly. Do the and then slap the crap out of you. He wouldn't do the multiple like Flair does. He wouldn't do the Gunter like one, knock you down, pick you back up, hit it again. He wouldn't. My do chest was cave in after Gunter. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah, I, I would take a big show chop, honestly. You know, I think you want to take the big show chop just because, and this is me now as fight choreographer hat. I wonder if you take that chop. And since you're not standing trying to withhold it, you're just taking it and going straight down. Boom. No, you're you're not. You're in the corner. He puts oh, if them you're up in on the, the turnbuckle. No, if it's one of those. Ooh. Yeah, and then it's and it's the full palm yeah. across your chest. Worry on that is where he hits you, just like what happened in the Bills game going into football and stuff. If he hits sure. you at the wrong time, he could hit you in between yeah. heartbeats and you might <laughs> he die. Gets you in between I think yeah. I would do it for only for the just to say that I took a chop from the big shot. <laughs> yeah. But that that so that was the tangent on there. We just talked about who you would get chopped with because of what happened in the men's rumble. And then immediately go to a tattoo parlor and get that hand imprint like <laughs> red rashed on my chest forever. Oh, <laughs> like I've been chopped by glorious. the big show. Get him to sign. Yeah. That's why you get chopped by the big show. You get that print <laughs> tattooed on your chest and you get him to sign right in the middle. It's like instead of a cast, you like sign my print. <laughs> Sign my chop. Bam. It's your hand yeah. in my chest forever, man. We'll get to there because we'll definitely get into more detail. I'm excited to talk about the Rumble, but I do want to do due diligence here and preview NXT Vengeance Day because at the you time keep of this, pushing this, you keep pushing oh. this as if we're going to be like, we're going to watch this. Listen, I have to I need to be responsible because I'm the only one who's really going to watch NXT for this. I am willing to take the hits. But like oh. I said, NXT weekly TV show is okay to eh, most of the time, but then I'm looking at this Vengeance Day card. I'm upset because I'm like minus like one match. I'm not really too excited for the rest of them are very interesting, though. I would revise it. So obviously the main event is going to be for the NXT championship. Broad Breaker versus Grayson Waller in a steel cage match. Honestly, I'm fine either way. Whoever wins like Breaker could keep it grayson can take it i don't really it's like i will take either or i won't be upset by either to be honest the next championship match i will riot because it is a triple threat for the nxt women's title between champion roxanne perez which we'll talk about her in a little bit because she made a surprise appearance and we'll talk about that because i was like wow these i know right versus jc jane which i'm like okay I wish it was a singular match between Roxanne and Gigi Dolan, if I'm being honest. Storyline-wise, is what it is. You mean Mrs. Darby Allen? Mrs. Darby Allen. Oh. But that because I know because I know Gigi from from the indies and I know she can go and yeah, she's yeah. great. I will I do give credit to JC though, because she's improved a lot since being part of NXT. I'm actually excited for this triple threat. I don't think Roxanne's going to lose. My question is, I think JC's probably gonna take the pin, if I'm being completely honest between the two or yeah but i will 
I mean, if Gigi takes it, I won't be mad because I like Gigi, but I still will riot because I'm like, Roxanne's amazing. Let her have a lot. Because selfishly, I want her to still have the title when she, we get to stand and deliver because I will be there in person. And I love me some Roxanne slash Roxy from Ring of Honor. You know what would be hysterical for that? There's the whole shakeup now with Pat McAfee being back. What's the, what are all the commentary desks going to do? Here's what you do. You pull Booker off of the commentary desk and you make him her manager. Roxanne goes heel. Mm, Booker's her manager. That'd be fucking hysterical and amazing. That would be great because there is already a prior history because Booker T trained Roxanne Uh, at his wrestling school. We Uh, got McAfee and that'd be one of the points of order when you get to the Rumble. Yeah, we'll definitely talk about it. Surprise return number one. I know. I'll save it. <laughs> yeah, save your feelings because we're going to spend the majority talking about the Rumble because this will be a good conquers. Yeah. But Mike really see. wants to get through this card. What's the next cool. one? Wesley versus Dijak. Let's go. Come on. Okay. I kid you not. This actually, no. I'm excited for this match. This is the one that I don't know. It can go either way. Dijak in his Robocop Arnold Terminator like character like thing. I was like, Justice. I was like, this is what we're doing. But it's nice to see Dijak actually get to do things and not be. What's it called? Slap nuts or whatever. <laughs> that what? god awful faction. He wasn't Slapjack. He okay. Was Mace and uh, T Bar. <laughs> was it T Bar? Yeah, yeah. He was G Spot. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> what? Okay. I, I missed something. So it's not worth it. Yeah. Oh. You know what? We'll talk off camera because during, th- during the Thunderdome Retribution. era, Retribution was a faction in WE. Poor they're, Mustafa they're called, Ali. They were called Slap Nuts? <laughs> no. It was Mace. T-Bar and Slapjack. And Reckoning. (laughs) So again, it was Masse, G-Spot, and Slapnuts. Poor Mustafa Ali, man. He tried his best. I was so upset. I was just like, it feels like he never really recovered. How do you fuck up Dominic Dijakovic? Seriously. Either way. But yeah, I really don't know. I feel like Wes is going to retain the title, but I can easily see reasoning to give it to Dijakovic. Unless they're going to promote Dijak up to the main roster. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? I was like, but he just came back to NXT. Whatever. Anyways, that match should be a lot of fun because Wesley is a star, but he's always has been. It's nice to see him finally have. So I didn't know this until I did my research. The NXT North American Championship is the first ever singles title he has held. And any promotion, whether it be major or independent wrestling scene, because he's been a tag team and a faction wrestler. The Misfits with him and Trey Miguel and all them. So I was like, I feel that. So that should be fun. Now, this next match, honestly, might be the stealer of the show. If it's done correctly, is this? This Yeah, this is the one I saw and went, oh, my. The two out of three falls match between Apollo Crews and Carmelo Hayes. I'm just like, I don't know, man. This potentially, if it's done right, this could potentially steal the show for me. Because Apollo's great. Carmelo has become one of my f- favorite rising new stars in NXT. I really don't know who wins in this one, if I'm being completely honest. Because I saw but- Carmelo Hayes did something earlier in the month. And I did not know who Carmelo Hayes was. And I was like, oh, that guy's suave as hell. Who's that? Melo don't miss, baby. <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay, this is cool. But I was, I must have been watching something that had all these stipulations. I was like, oh, that one stands out. Okay. The easiest match to predict next is the NXT Women's Championship. Kaden and Tatiana, as we're calling her, ugh, 
I Casey still hate Kat that. Yeah, Casey Cat and Zara. The former Ricochet. Yeah. Oh, that was awkward too. I was like, oh. Yeah. Wait. Uh, okay. So one half of the NXT women, current women, NXT women's championship, Kate Casey Cat and Zara. She was engaged, or was she just dating Ricochet? She was dating him. She was dating Ricochet for a long time. And, and now Ricochet. And- yeah. And then that didn't happen. And then Ricochet just recently got engaged to one of the ring announcers on the main yep. roster. Yep. How tall? It's I messy. Up after the rumble, I wanted to know how tall Ricochet actually was. Oh, uh, man. It was great. But <laughs> yeah, there, there's no way that Fallon Henley and Keanu James are taking those titles off those girls. I'm sorry. But what I'm hoping is. Yeah, what I'm hoping is after this, the next feud will be between the, them and Alba Fire and Isla Dawn, honestly, because I'd be like, that's a program I can get into. Yeah, yeah. Basically, basically, and, the, yeah, the, and I think that's going to be a the, they obviously built to it with Fire and Dawn. It's going to be some sort of like weird, like spooky shit. Set um, things on fire. Spooky it's shit. Putting, it's like putting Sting and Undertaker together in two women forms because Alba Fire is staying with her baseball bat and all that, just a rock and roll and kick ass thing. And Isla Dawn's like spooky witch powers where she like bleeds from her eyes and shit. But I'm gonna have to watch this. You got me almost sold on this, Mikey. Couple of Scottish superstars. Seeing as how now I've bought Peacock again, so now I should use it as much as I still as watch it for free. Yeah, you're smarter than me. No, I'm not. <laughs> I hate the commercials. So talk about the fatal four way. Okay, I'm actually excited for this Fatal War four-way because whoever the fourth team is, it doesn't really matter. I'm rooting for Andre Chase. It's the Legion of, it's the Legion of Doom, Come back from the dead. It really is. Uh, 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 what I'm really hoping is that Andre Chase and Duke Hudson are the team that gets into this spot because I like Andre Chase. Him and, as a wrestler, oh, so, I should say. Oh, so has it not been announced? The fourth one is? No, because this upcoming Tuesday, it's going to be a fa- it's going to be a triple threat for the last spot. It's going to be right. Andre. It's going to be Chase U, which is Andre Chase and Duke Hudson okay. versus Idris Anofe and Malik Blade. And then the schism. I got to get all these names in my brain. Former grizzled young veterans. May they rest in peace. This is going to be the most outsider, horrible, bad wrestling thing question I can ask you guys. Is New Day still cool? I think they are. They're writing a goodwill thing right now, especially with Biggie. Just about still out. out but yeah, because we've talked about New Day a few times in the past and whatnot. I just love Xavier Woods. I just you, adore yeah, you, you that seem to man. Be in love with him. Yeah, he doesn't write me back. I will talk about the Rumble, but no, I'm excited. I like that. I've never. I don't think I've ever seen a Fatal Four Way Tag Team match. I don't think I've ever seen that in recent years. They've done it a couple of times. But it depends on who you get. I must I might have seen it when I was a kid back when they were doing crazy shit in the early '90s. But I don't remember ever seeing one like that. But yeah, it depends on. Well, I'm rooting for Duke Hudson and Andre Chase of Chase U to take that fourth spot. But the three that are confirmed, I can tell you because I, wa- I also watch NXT UK may God rest in peace that brand because there was actually <laughs> some, there was some good matches. I was so upset, but anyways, because you have the new day who are the current NXT tag, t- the men's tag team champions, and they are going to face whoever's the winner of this triple threat this upcoming Tuesday. And then they're also facing off against pretty daily or the Yas boys as the internet has called them with their like crop tops. Oh, pretty deadly. Oh, pretty deadly. They're literally the wrestling embodiment of the Legally Blonde musical song Gay or European. <laughs> what? Yeah. I kid you not. Look yeah. up and 
look up WWE Pretty Deadly, and it hopefully they show a picture of like their wrestling gear. We're I'll wait. Kidding. I'll wait. Because what I was looking. I don't know. Yeah. The, the podcast people know I just did that show and I had to be the creepy teacher. Nope, they didn't know that. No one had an oh idea that you did that god. show. And I can see two more actors that should have been in your uh, show. But <laughs> is this uh, true? Mikey, oh my god, yeah. Mikey. Though what I was looking up while we were going through there, the fourth team of who I'd love to see, which now I know won't happen because I forgot he was signed to this. Mm-hmm. Get the fashion police back. Breeze and Dango come out. Yes, <laughs> that would be that would have been but so Dango great. But impact. He's not going to be there. Yeah, it's. Yeah, I'm looking at the John over here, the professor. He's just, this is what they wear to the ring. Yes. I'm like, wait a minute. I want to hear. I want to see if, they, if that's actually what they play. Oh, they, yeah. Like their the wrestling other- gear is ridiculous. Oh, it yeah. looked it was. But the funny thing is, is, is like, I hate their character because it's like towing that line. I was like, will they? Won't they? Are they? It's Billy and uh, Chuck. It's really it's literally Billy and Chuck again. But. The pretty deadly can actually they're a good they can tag team wrestle is great. And then of course you got the big hosses, the boys of Gallus. Oh, I'm so glad they're back on TV. I'm glad that they got their visa issues fixed. I was just like, okay, there's two of you. Now we just gotta wait for Yo de facto Lita, Mr. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Oh no. Trent Seven isn't signed to AEW. Could it be Mustache Mountain? Is the fourth team? No, because Oh no, that's right. Trent's not signed with. A- I thought he was. No, he did a cup of coffee, and there was talk of him becoming AEW, but he never signed. I don't if know because Mr. Tyler. Back, yeah, because I know Tyler Bate Mustache is in NXT. Mountain? Yes, Tyler Bate and Trent Seven NXT UK is called Mustache Mountain. One of the hardest hitting British tag teams you've ever seen, and they're wow. like they were so good. Great, and their promos were great. It's so freaking flipping cool if they came back because them versus gallus remember nxc uk a couple of those big yes. guys perfect to throw in there get those guys going against gallus yeah oh those I guys because they already have an yeah. in because tyler bay is in nxt right now so but he's I trying to do a singles push at this point so that's the problem yeah we shall see i was just like i wwe just get him back please just get him back but yeah as of this recording that is the card for vengeance day i'm low-key excited i will see what happens with it so Mikey, are we going to talk about this Vengeance Day card or something? Because we were talking about getting it up there and the talking it over, and you haven't talked about it yet. Yeah, you didn't want to skip that. Yeah. Because somebody has to cover NXT, and it's going to be me. So both of you can kiss my grits, okay? I, I didn't say shit. I was... <laughs> no, no. I, you just followed me into that realm, and you just you backed me up a little bit and got in my way, so I'd take the big shot from the big man I see. I know, and I'm just the guy with the kitten. But anyways, we did a good yeah. job with Mikey where he's not down downplaying all of his uh, points and things he wants to say. Anymore. Yeah, like, you make valid points, Mikey. Make you don't great, point, Mikey. Your points are valid. Yes. And when we record the next episode, which is literally like in about two weeks or so, because I want to also preview New Japan's Battle in the Valley, too, because it's so good. That's going to be so much fun. But Money. we'll get to. All right. So we've waited long enough. Now is the time. For the next Ten, nine, nine, eight, nine, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Oh, it is time for the Royal Rumble discussion. <laughs> it's Brock Lesnar. It's Bork Laser. <laughs> oh my goodness. So you, if you have if you have stayed to this portion, now for the remaining of our time, we're gonna talk about the Royal Rumble 2023, which happened not literally yesterday at the time of this recording. But before we jump into the pay-per-view really quickly to educate the children out there, 
So the Royal Rumble essentially is WWE official like copyrighted name for a type of wrestling match known as a battle royale. Throughout the history of wrestling, it has had different purposes. The biggest one, obviously. Go ahead. I hear in Paris they call that a royale with cheese. (laughs) That is a tasty burger. Go, Mikey, go. Go, Mikey, go. Yeah, okay. So the battle royale is a is a spit. A specialty type of match in wrestling in which you have a plethora of wrestlers in the ring and is literally elimination style by throwing people over the top rope to eliminate them and Both last one must hit the floor yes and then last person standing is ultimately the winner and depending on the brand will grant you certain different things in wwe the winner of the royal rumble gets a choice of a championship match for whichever major main title at wrestlemania same thing with the women. It, the winner of the women's de- Royal Rumble in WWE gets a choice of a women's championship match at WrestleMania. In Impact, they, because Royal Rumble has been copyrighted, Impact has their version called the Call Your Shot Battle Royale Gauntlet, in which it's the same thing, throwing people over the top rope. The winner gets a little trophy for Call Your Shot, which means they can turn that trophy in to get a championship match anytime, any place. But it works more of the equivalent of like the money in the bank briefcase rather than a guaranteed championship match. They can do it at any time. <laughs> and there's the AEW Casino Battle Royale. Which you get a giant poker chip for winning. <laughs> yeah. That's that's the one that's a little different though. You come out in card suits uh, suits as well. So four, four or five wrestlers enter at once. What the fuck? Really? really? Yeah. Yeah. And, so and four or five. Thing. Yeah. Yeah, so four or five enter and they follow the suits like clubs, hearts, diamonds, jacks. And then wow. the last person th- that enters it has the Joker suit. And usually the Joker is reserved for either special, a big, a special person, a new person they signed, like a big time wrestler that decided to do this for a little bit. The last Joker that I remember being excited for was when Leo Rush came in. <laughs> yeah. Which, Come by off. the way, that, yeah. <laughs> by the way, the team of Lee and Yo in the New Japan pay per view was a lot of fun to watch too against TJP and yeah, like was- Catch 2 2 is great. But that essentially is the Battle Royale match. But we are specifically looking at WWE's version, the Royal Rumble. Agreed so, hailing from Stan. So, taking place at the, was it the Alamo Dome? I yep, think. Yep. Taking place. Yeah, so taking place in the Alamo Dome in San Antonio, Texas on Saturday, January 28th, WWE held the Royal Rumble 2023 pay-per-view, which I must say, unless I completely missed it, I'm glad that because usually at these pay-per-views, they talk about how many people were in attendance. They didn't do that this one, yeah, which did. I appreciate. Uh, OK, then oh, I must, they, they must did. break. <laughs> they dropped it like. 10 times 50 something thousand here at the Alamo. Okay. But they, they I missed out loud. I must right have been at a pee break. It was during the Hardy performance. Uh, okay. Oh, that was right. probably, that's probably why I missed it. Cause I went on a pee break. You missed country. New metal goes bad. I texted. John. A- I got home from the event. I was at last night. I turned it on to see what I could catch before I would rewound it and started rewatching stuff. <laughs> that's what it was. I was like, what is this? Strange country new metal bands talking about roadhouses and drinking. What is happening? So this is a hot take. Like the performance was trash, but then I just listened to the actual song on iTunes. I'm like, I'm mad. I was like, I like this, but I don't want to give it any credit, but I couldn't help myself. I was like, damn it. You liked it. I'm not judging you. It might be because right now I'm like 
really in in a very like rock and punk like phase right now of musical roulette. Oh, and let I'm me say why things. you liked it. Listen, am I going to go out to a concert of this person? No, obviously not. Am I going to put this on as like a background noise while I'm working on something? Yeah, probably. Though I will say, I think um, I actually like the theme that they picked for Vengeance Day because Riptide Back by Bear. I will. Listen, <laughs> listen, I know my musical taste is very eclectic and weird, but I really like the song they pick. Riptide by Beartooth is actually pretty good. I enjoyed it. Nice. I was like, yo, this is actually good. Because before, remember, I'm used to TakeOver always having some sort of special song from Poppy. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. So how do you want to how do you want to talk about the Rumble? Do you want to go in order or do you just want to shotgun all the good? Let's things, go bad, in good things, bad things. Or what do you want to do? Let's go in order because there are good and bad things in every single one of these things that happen mm-hmm. in the Rumble. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I saw people complain online. It's just like when they announced the men's Rumble is going to start off the pay-per-view. I was like, why are we complaining? I'm like, do you know how long that match is? It's an hour and 15, sometimes an hour and a half. I'm just like sitting here. I was just like, why are we complaining? But also very smart to get it out of the way first, because if you're going to get the booze or anything else for what didn't end up happening in this one, because you had set up in the pre-show, it wasn't going to happen. You didn't have to ruin the end of the night and the final thing. You like you got it out early and then you went through all the rest of it. Oh, yeah. I didn't hate it. I think what threw me off at the top and the first sort of jarring thing that would become a reoccurring theme for the rest of the night was having to run a quarter mile to the ring and not know what to do by the time you got halfway through that track. Yeah. I, I never understood why they made that change. I was like, remember the old school rumbles? It was just a regular ramp length from the stage to Run down the, ring. the ramp, have your moment, go. And it maybe, added so much time. Maybe it's their tribute to the ultimate warrior that everyone has to run in and get blown <laughs> up before they get in the ring. Oh my God gosh a legend says he's still running no but it's crazy that because what started to happen and you guys might have noticed this i wonder if anyone else clocked it there would be the entrance and then whoever was ever in the ring would turn to watch who the entrance was and then there was a good i don't know 45 seconds of them either waiting or having to fill time until they were ready to do what they were going to do when that person got there for their moment and their thing and it just stalled so many so much momentum every time um, you could almost see every wrestler take a breath. Okay. All right. Here it comes. And two, Here one. Oh, here's my shocked moment. Cool. And now I'm going to wait 45 seconds and I'm going to beat on you while they're... Now they're here. It was just such a clunky thing. It was. I've got, I've got two points of view on this. One, it's there's a sick part of me that enjoys watching these like really muscle-bound wrestlers try to run. Because they're not built for speed, <laughs> and they're not built for that stuff. So seeing them jog as they're trying to do that, it's hysterical. Which, by I the think, way, the women's wrestlers—they have some cardio. Like they were doing track starts down that thing. They were ready to. A lot of them are actual go. former track stars, but we'll they, get we'll talk about that like, when we get there. <laughs> going anyway. Go ahead, John. On top of that, also they're running with more stuff that that can get painful running that far doing that stuff versus the guys, and they're doing better anyways. But the other part of it is, I think they do the half mile track that's all flat as well because of what happened to Titus in Saudi Arabia. Uh, Oh, poor Titus under the ring for Titus World Slide. So no more ramps. Mr. Titus World Slide. Oh man. So that poor Titus. From the top, that was something that took me a while to get over. And luckily the performers were great. I really liked seeing Gunther do the Iron Man 
thing. Yeah. Bro, him, I was like, I was, I knew he was probably going to be early on, but when they decided to start off with Seamus and Gunther, I was like, you yeah. already know. You already know. Yeah. The, the amount of, and also because he was number one, the amount of matches they teased in there of Gunther versus half of that yeah. roster is I want to see him literally destroy everyone. Yeah. That was something that I really liked about both Rumbles is that obviously, the bar was already set very low with the disappointment that was last year's Rumble. But what I appreciated in the men's and women's Rumble to a certain extent, I was like, you're teasing stories. This is good because the Rumble is supposed to serve as the beginning of the road to WrestleMania. And the women's one we'll talk about, but that was a beautiful choice. We'll talk about that. Yeah. yeah. Yes. But- so Gunther and Sheamus started off. They're just chopping the hell out of each other. Like well, they're running strong. Setting up there, there could be a third match and they're the rubber match of them because they it's been they are insane together. Like, I realized it was going to be a good match, but obviously, what solidified that I wanted these two to fight more was definitely their match at Clash at the Castle. That was a great match. I have to be careful because usually I say that match was a banger. Uh, okay, <laughs> now that you've said that, I'm going to say this, and this is also my first five minutes into the rumble going, What in the fucking fuck? Pat McAfee, can I, I'm just gonna say, is terrible. Interesting. I don't like any everything. It sounded like he was a step behind the whole time, was not interested, and was just reading things off a card. By the way, they have a thing. And then forget his name, even though he's a legend and he's been there for 50 years. Michael mm-hmm. Cole oh, was the, just oh, the Cole to... wrestling dynasty, Adam Cole and Michael Cole. Yeah, I'm a horrible person. Cole <laughs> holding no him up relation. the whole time. <laughs> holding him up the whole time. Oh yeah, like, he loves he lo- he loves Pat McAfee. Lo- Does he? Yeah. Because Pat McAfee yeah. was terrible. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run this back. I don't think he was as bad as you do at this point because he's doing the same character he was doing beforehand. And he's Pat McAfee's whole shtick that he's had when he's done the last couple of years has been, I'm literally poking holes and doing the meta shit of I'm a fan and like calling out the stupidity on this and lampshading that this is a weird fucking thing. Okay. But he's also a douchebag being like championship every five minutes and like stuff like that, where it takes me out of it at the same time. So I don't think he was a terrible thing. He was definitely doing it on purpose. Okay. But at the same time, it didn't need to be there. And you have him and Corey Graves trying to be the heel announcer that doesn't work. Yeah. It just, it didn't work well. And it just felt as someone who has, I've never heard him do a pay-per-view. I don't remember. I don't think he did the rumble last year or I probably would have remembered. No, no, I it think was, he, it was football season. He wasn't doing it. Yeah. yeah. And it was just like, what is, why are you obviously don't want to be here? Why are you here? So that took me out of it a lot as someone who had never heard him. And just, it like, almost felt uh, like it, they were elbowing him to say something. And he would just be like, uh, we can't say that it's copywritten. <laughs> say strange things. Like, why are you here then? Yeah. Here's the thing. So like Pat McAfee, like for me, cause I'm used to it. I was like, he's okay on commentary. I like him better when he's actually in the ring, surprisingly, even if it's short amount of time. I still really enjoy the War Games match he had at NXT, where he teamed up with Pete, Mr. Pete Dune and Oni Larkin and all them. And I also really enjoyed his one-on-one match with Adam Cole at that takeover. Yeah. Huh? Mr. Peter Dune. I don't mean to I don't mean to be hard on not knowing the situation necessarily, but just someone as watching them rumble and never hearing him commentary, his commentary nah, before, was like, that's, like the, that's the, the majority that I hear. Yeah. It's valid that from someone who's someone who's experienced listening to him over the last year before he left for football season, him doing that stuff, like lampshading the banger brothers, doing all that stuff where he's calling right. out these stupid things in there. 
he's doing that on purpose. And he's especially doing it now because Vince isn't there. So he's not in his ear to go, what are you doing? You're making fun of me. Like he's allowed to get away with that the same way. Like Brock is allowed to get away with kicking the shit out of people that he wants to. It's not right. It's not good. And I I see exactly what you're saying. He comes back. You don't know who he is. The first pay-per-view you're turning into. And you feel like he's crapping all over this and like talking you out of it. So is he there for you? I don't know. He's not there for every fan at that point. So I wasn't as upset as you. I still think he was freaking rusty and probably needed a couple more things to do. It's been a couple months. (laughs) But at the same time, you didn't need both him and Corey Graves there either. That that was hitting too hard because it was too much weirdness. If I had to pick somebody, if it wasn't going to be Pat McAfee, and this is just my personal opinion, I would have been okay, even though he's a bit of a heelish, but is like more of the understated heel commentator. I would have put Wade Barrett on commentary. Oh, yeah. Wade Barrett, 100%. Plus, you need that sexy British voice. <laughs> but he also he respects the business enough, and having been in it, he's he doesn't cover up the things, but he's very much good about like, calling it out in a heel way instead of just saying how look at the stupid thing, which is what Pat I miss. I, I miss Wade. I miss Wade on NXT. Him, Beth Phoenix, and then our third person. Like I love that little trio. They were actually really good. Nigel McGuinness, who I also miss. Yeah, yeah uh, my heart. No, but John, I rolling that back, I see it also. Pat McAfee is that player in an improv scene who's, I'm going to call out the stupid shit because it's funny. I'm going to get a laugh versus right. being invested in what you're doing. And I can see why that pisses you off. And like the audience loves you because you're like, oh, there's one of us. But really everyone I say is like, you fucked up everything we offer you. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But yeah, so. So good thing, Seamus. And then the, the Miz. The Miz. <laughs> I will be honest. I'm so happy he was gone first. I was like, you know what? This is how it should be. <laughs> I also you... enjoyed him like staying outside for a while. I'm like, no, you two go for it. No. Yeah, uh, that was great. <laughs> has the Miz overstayed the Miz's welcome? Is the Miz still? I don't cool? think so. You were just happy to see him not win. I, I don't think he has as much heat on him as it, it's not go away heat at all. It's not like get out of here. We don't care about you. But it's also like he's grown into this role. Of, You're the mid card heel. We sure. don't hate you as much as we should. We want to see you get your ass kicked, but we're also tired of that's all we think about you. There's no second gear for it. So it's kind of And, I, get and I think he's transitioned past like he's at a point in his career where he can be comfortable with what he's doing. He's very reliable for sure. So because the, the Miz, the Miz and Kofi Kingston, who were next, had the records for like consecutive Miz was at 15 consecutive Royal Rumbles and Kofi Kingston was at 16 consecutive Royal Rumbles, which is well, nuts. Yeah, Kofi usually is the one that they always rely on because he always has the more creative spots of how to get back in the ring. But last year was botched. This year was botched. <laughs> Poor Kofi. And then they played that stupid fucking commercial later on that was like lampshading. Oh, yeah, I got great ways to get around this in a fucking commercial. Like, why you got to do him dirty like that? Why you play that commercial after what happened? Was there a botch last night? Did I miss that? I saw so another when Kofi, that I Okay, so Xavier got eliminated, right? And right. what was supposed to happen is when Kofi got thrown over, I believe Xavier had the chair, and what was supposed to happen, I think, was that Kofi, with Xavier holding the chair, Kofi was going to land on the chair because usually... Ex- yes, okay, this but moment. the yeah. chair wasn't stable enough when Kofi landed on it, like... I got scared because it looked like Kofi hit the corner of the table and then rolled a little head. bit. Yeah, with, with his, his head. head. He, he hit the, conf- the, uh, the announce table with his head. And he was lying there, like, not moving a bit. And so they basically threw the X up and said he can't come back in, even though they were selling it on commentary. Like, oh, no, he still has a foot in. He still has got a foot in. Because that was a still a foot. Because that was a big thing. There's still a foot on the chair. There's still one yeah. foot on the chair. Was he supposed to land in the chair? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that would have been cool as fuck. 
Kofi has done this every, up until the last two years. He was reliable to be like he had laid on the barricade or he do a handstand, do a handstand, fall on Biggie's pancakes. Like he'd find a way so not both feet would touch the ground, and he'd get back into the ring. And that was the Kofi spot every year. It was amazing to watch. There's one where he ran around the entire barricade on the outside by the fans and jumped onto the stairs. Which that was, I was seen. that I remember. It was, yeah, Kofi is usually the one that always has the fun, crazy get back in spots because he is that athletic. But last year was bad because he was supposed to land on the barricade, but it's he flipped oh, a little bit and his feet touched before he could get to the barricade. And then this year was super scary because the chair was a fail, but he hit his head on the way down. And I was just like, <gasps> and I got scared. I was just like, oh, please don't be hurt. Like, yeah, There's a whole thing. There's a whole article here I will read later that says Kofi Kingston reacts to botching WWE Royal Rumble spot for second consecutive year. You can read it now since we are talking about it. Just to go off of what is this ringsidenews.com? Certainly a true veteran in the pro wrestling world. I've been working WWE for a la la and then crazy elimination. <laughs> right? And the thing. That was the thing. Kingston was eliminated afterwards thanks to a botched jump to the outside during last year's Royal Rumble. Unfortunately, he suffered a similar fate during this year's match as well. Gunther pushed Kingston outside while Xavier Woods set up a chair for Kingston to land on. However, Kingston was unable to save himself and went head first onto the announcer's table. Kingston took to Twitter after the conclusion of the match and stated that it was the will of the universe for his second consecutive Royal Rumble botch. I'm wondering if they're going to turn wow. us into something now where he keeps trying to do it and can't and he gets more and more frustrated every year now where because he was having to top himself every year for so long to try to sure. get back in. Now it's <laughs> like he's, gonna, he's not going to make it. It's like the thing now he just doesn't make it. How is he going to botch he, it this time? Yeah. <laughs> funny actually. It is. And you know what? Kofi Kingston, he's cool because he like the New Day don't take themselves too seriously, which is why I enjoy them. But Can I also I, say, like, in between there, we had the entrance of Johnny Gargano, which to me, I was so sad because you forget he was out with a major injury for a good long time there. This was a they underplayed his return. I was, was so upset. Sad. I was wondering. I was if also, that, OK, that's I was also I mad, too. I was just like, how dare you change his theme music? <laughs> they didn't change it. Like they, they pitched it down and made it grittier. It wasn't the worst, but I'm I was still sad. And then but, after Johnny, we talked about it. Xavier comes in. Xavier just, of course, just goes and kicks ass as usual. Xavier Woods. Just, Xavier Woods is never going to get a push, is he? No. Oh, Not a singles push. Seen, no. He's never going to be seen as a singles guy. If Damn. he gets, the, he had the U.S. title once. He might actually got no. the U.S. title. I like, think so. If, if he ever gets an inter intercontinental title shot, I'll be surprised. Yes. He's never going to push him as a champion. That's too bad. And which sucks, but you know what? Xavier is comfortable right now. I would like to see him get a singles push and get a singles title run. But I also like that he has things outside of WE to do as well. Like he it's dead now, but G4 was the thing. And then of course um, he has his Twitch. The I, was part. All in. I was all in on G4. I, I, I still think the giant game of Uno with the, <laughs> him and the friendos is one of my favorite things. I did. They've been back on though. They pushed a yep. couple episodes now of them playing Uno again. So that's been fun. Adam Cole, <laughs> aka Chugs, <laughs> yep. him um, and Tyler Breeze and Claudio is so good. So <laughs> I love I, it. This so it was cool about Royal Rumble is hearing all these names and trying to learn all these folks. I did not know who Karrion Cross or Chad Gable. Were. Okay, so we going. This is probably we're going to fight a little bit, right? I, oh, I no, didn't. I'm not going to fight. I knew not who they were. But okay. I watched them appear and do things. Okay, so my introduction to Karrion Cross was actually <laughs> when he was known as Killer Cross in TNA and Impact. Him and Scarlett were there for a little bit, and then they came to NXT. 
So the, how do I put this nicely? Karrion Cross as a wrestling character is non-existent. Like he's what, what not, character? Yeah, there is no character. It's I'm just sorry, some sorry, dude. Sorry, there is a, there is a character. He has hair now. He has hair now. I, I was yeah. Karrion Cross character wise doesn't do anything for me. Like he's not good. He's not bad either. He's flat, which is probably the worst place to be as a wrestling character. Everybody's just indifferent. Especially with that dan- with that stupid entrance he has because it's supposed to hype him up and. But it doesn't. And but, yeah, so, Car- here's the thing. Karrion Cross's style of wrestling is technically, I guess it would be more Matt style, but not great. <laughs> so the, here's how I'll describe Karrion Cross. He's like your jock friend in high school that discovered there was gothy stuff that seemed pretty hardcore. So he decided to take that on as part of his personality, even though he has no idea what it is. And so he really can't figure out who he is, and he's freaking trying to be like this big spooky guy when he really he's just the big dumb jock that is just doing the weight room every day and has still has no personality. Is that his fault, or do you think he was pushed wrong? Because I, I feel like I could see both sides of that. I, I think it's a little bit of both, if I'm being yeah. completely honest. Because I will say before, because he did I'm, get really. I don't know anything he, about this person. He did get released when Vince was in charge. He was part of that mass like release that happened in WWE. <laughs> And so I will say that portion of his main roster career was not the greatest because Jeff Hardy cool. beat him in a couple seconds and he was still NXT champion at this point. And then they literally turned him into a walking gimp. But on top of that, <laughs> I just sent John this. I forgot yeah, about I this. I was watching Adam Cole owned him in NXT and actually called it out. You are, you're not special. You're nothing. You're an entrance. Wow. That's it. And he, he shot on him hard and it's true. He still is nothing. And now he's nothing like... I'm sorry. He looked scarier with the bald head. With the head of hair, he's just create a wrestler for with the Undertaker's entrance. <laughs> now, the wrestling what carrying cross the wrestler is doesn't do it for me. Carrying cross as the person, I fucking love him. Beautiful person. Love him to death. He's a great Oh my gosh. Good. Yeah, he's right. like him and Scarlet both are like so they're both kind people. They are very intelligent. Like, I still love the interview he did with Denise Salcedo. And we got to learn a little bit of Karrion Cross of, like, how intelligent and how thought-provoking. I was like, could we take that and possibly make it a character for him? Because that's just him being himself. And John Scarlett was the woman at the beginning who basically talked him in. She sings his theme song. In- yeah. Okay. By the way, that song that her and Shotzi and somebody else did was actually a lot of fun to watch. That music video was fire. <laughs> Yes, so, so that's carrying cross john um, okay <laughs> not really worthwhile and uh, anything else then we have chad gable who Shush. should have been kurt angle's son he should have been kurt angle's son shush please was supposed to be kurt angle's son where no, he, he should have, have. so a cu- couple years ago there was another j- wrestler by the name of jason jordan so him and chad gable made up made up american the tag alpha. team of american alpha which by the way their nxt tag team matches were fire they were, they, so were both, good. they were both big amateur wrestlers. Gable actually went to, I think, the Olympics. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, was, it says here it was an Olympic wrestler, yeah. Yeah, so th- they had the pedigree and everything else. Also, I also loved why they ever took this away from it. When Chad Gable started out in NXT, his whole like catchphrase was ready, willing, and Gable on a towel. <laughs> it was so good. <laughs> but he's, That's adorable. So he's, ext- he's taken on, he's been shat on basically by WWE for being so short. But he is such a good wrestler and such a powerhouse. Like you watch him German suplex Braun Strowman, go find that clip. It is picture perfect and how he can get an almost 400 pound man over his head and rock those hips and be amazing at it. 
He's such a good athlete. He's got a comedic mind like Kurt Angle. He could be so good. And they've saddled him with such shit for so many goddamn years. And the sad part is that he does. He he makes the best of everything. And he yeah, shoot, shoot. That was so like I didn't get the. I didn't know that that was like the catchphrase of the thing. It was just like, what is that? Okay, fine, whatever. Because they're trying to make him. He's supposedly a heel. And so he's like, he is the perfect underdog he's, baby face. And yeah, he, he was feel. so tiny, just trying to roll dudes in there. Like, I didn't see him as an underdog at all. He's so good. He's athletic, good. Like, he's basically, you take Kurt Angle, shrink him half down the size, and give him more of a personality, which is saying something when he's let to go. <laughs> he's got more chops than Kurt. And so are him and, sorry, not to cut you off. Otis and him are a tag team? Yep. Yes. Alpha Otis Academy. Left. Otis left oh, okay. machinery. Because Otis was cool. No, as hell. Tucker <laughs> turned on Otis, and that kind of broke up heavy machinery, okay. which was also I stupid. Mis- Rose, but we're gonna also if, great. Or if we're gonna go person by person all the way down, Otis was fascinating to me. I was like, who? Otis is that saving me? Mandy in the Royal Rumble that one year was probably my favorite spots ever. Yeah. I think that was a 2019. John, if you go back and watch the Women's Rumble, sure. there was a whole storyline where Otis and Mandy were like star-crossed lovers is the funniest oh, thing and because she's up, the hot girl and he's like the big guy with the he big heart his body she falls on him and doesn't get eliminated which is so it was so good adorable but okay it was and i say the relationship happy, was actually adorable <laughs> i'm so happy right. otis grew the beard back because him beardless just looks ridiculous looks like a giant he looked like humpty he's dumpty before the fall <laughs> and talk about john having to come that half a mile and seeing him try to run because he can't run on those legs <laughs> was great Dude, now it's just a barrel of a man running trying to ball he really is uh, by the way if you can find the clip too like during the thunderdome era as a side tangent when bailey and bianca were having their feud during the thunderdome era and bailey made bianca do like that crazy obstacle course and one of the obstacles was that Bianca had to like deadlift carry Otis across like a fourth of the ring and homegirl just picked him up like he was nothing and just literally ran with him. I was like, Bianca, you are now my personal favorite forever. The thing, John, that you haven't seen, though, is when he's been part of Alpha Academy, they haven't let him talk. He is the it's the weirdest promo and it's like levels of like unintelligible ultimate warrior promos. Like, yeah, there we're gonna eat Mark the Kentucky. We're going down. Yeah. It's literally what? like he's literally he the embodiment of Lenny from of mice and men, if I'm being he's, completely honest. He's the coach from Waterboy. That's yeah. what he is. That, yeah. I loved him, by the way. I was like, I like the I'm rooting for characters because I don't know better, but Yeah. Then besides like the beginning ones, the next person to go in was probably the other big star that WWE he's right now, Drew McIntyre. Oh, the Scottish psychopath. So that's yes. this is when my wife checked in to see what I was watching and looking at. Because I, oh, I was ogling him all up and down. So, just FYI. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, those two are friends. One's Irish and one's Scottish. And she was staring at them a little too long. And I was like, yeah, I'm watching wrestling. So I had to unpause it. Like, Drew, Drew was Seamus' best man. It yeah, great. I love that, that wedding I, picture was so cute. I'm not going to lie. I love that. They just hung out in the corner half the time talking. The, Yo, do you want to go get pancakes after think, this? Okay, yeah, just talking. And then for the them getting eliminated. Ever, like, yeah, it was that was a really cool touch. And it, I like them as a tag team because it doesn't have to be forced because they are real friends in real life. So yeah. they just play off that. Who did they do the double beats of the Bowery to? 
I forget. They Last, did it to. Uh, I, I have it up right here, but I'd have to fast forward and rewind and back. Well, I think it doesn't matter who they did it to. If you watch the, when they start to do it, the first one they do, they smack each other's knuckles by accident. They hit each other in that fist and they like, they pack off. Oh, damn, we we're too close. And they hit it again. That's really funny. It was so great. And then after Drew, I will forever. Mm. Yeah. After Drew McIntyre, listen. I don't care what nobody says because as the melanated person on this podcast, like I always got to rep my Latinos and Latina wrestlers. We'll get to one of my personal favorites in the female, just because I'm a big fan of cosplay. So we'll get into that one. I know who it is already. Yes, but we'll get into more detail. Mr. Santos Escobar enters in next. I was hoping he would have the Kofi spot this year that he would. Bad podcast is great. I got to run to the bathroom. I'll be right back. Edit me out. (laughs) We'll just talk about Santos while you're gone. Talk about Santos. Santos is great. John leaves while we're talking about the melanated person and all these things. He doesn't want to talk about the melanated person. Oh, you're going to talk about them. I got to go. I'm sorry. We'll get you. We'll get get your quick thoughts because we have him. And then up next, we're going to want to get your thoughts too. No, absolutely. I have thoughts. I have all the thoughts. Okay. So yeah, like I mentioned, I always want to rep really hard for my brown melanated wrestlers because there's very few of them in WWE and across anything unless it is not triple A, if I'm being completely honest. Anyways, but yeah, Santos coming in. I miss maybe it was because it was the arena and maybe my television wasn't picking it up, but I miss like in NXT. I love the background chanting of when legato came out it's like la del and i was like i don't hear this in this version i'm kind of there sad. wasn't there wasn't any there wasn't any chant at all like it seemed like most of the main roster people had no idea who he was and he's been on main tv no i meant in the song because that chanting happens in his theme song when it was in nxt i didn't hear it when they were playing it yeah. there wasn't one it was a different thing for legato and it wasn't for him specifically because it was the same one that selena vega, vega came out to and there wasn't any legato in it I was like, what happens between the, I don't know. Anyways, I was a little bud for that. I did appreciate that. Of course, Santos always has to come in with his entourage of the rest of Legato. So that was great. Yeah, Santos for the time that he was in, I really enjoyed it. I did think that it did take him a bit to get into the swing of things because like the first two or three moves seemed a little bit off. Not by much, but I can tell it's like, you could tell in his face is he's not used to working with certain people yet. But then once he hopped over the top rope for the first time and then started going super mode, I was like, okay, this is his element. Let him just fly. Let him just go. And he, I was mad that he didn't last longer, but it is what it is. It's where he wasn't in the match. That was the problem. And like for him also, he was doing those moves with the wrong type of people in there to kind of pull it off with. Whereas you get like ricochet later in the match and stuff like that, where they can pull those things off with people. It's, it was hit or miss. If you they had switched him out with Seth or like Elias and like switched the two there, it would have been the flippy end of the ma- match, and he would have had more people to go up against that would have made bigger spectacles. I think he was. Could you imagine? Like there, the people that were involved in this match, they made me just put my fantasy booking hat like matches. I don't know if there'll be any good storytelling wise, but I would just want to see because I think it would be great. I was like, now that you're mentioning switching it, I was like. I would have loved, even if it was a tiny bit, to see Santos versus Davian Priest, bro. Yeah. A.K.A. Punisher Martinez. <laughs> oh, Punishment Martinez. But no, also, having him go up against Ex-Condom would have been hysterical because then Priest, like, saving him there. Like, Nick, as we call him around these parts. Oh, and he's Ex-Condom now, remember. No! Because <laughs> he did hard time. 
we did hard time for a lot, like less than 24 hours. I keep forgetting he has the freaky like teardrop tattoo. I was like, that's so stupid. <laughs> but I figured that he can do it. I know. I was like, this is so stupid, but it's a it's so bad. It's good kind of thing. Like, I can't be mad at this. Like, I at first I was like, Judgment Day is a kind of a joke. They're still a joke, but I've come to love them more because they are a joke. And you know what? Everyone, everybody in the group knows that is silly and they're just leaning into it. I was like, Finn Balor, I'm laughing hysterically. Damien Priest makes me cackle every time, too, with the things that come out of his mouth. Oh, yeah. I just wish they would use him more. He seems like he's lost in it where they just don't have a role for him. To, even though he's the heavy, they have no role for him to play. And that's where we need to get him better because he's got such range and he's so limber for a guy that tall and that thin. It, there's so much they could do with him, but it's been focused on ex-condom. It's been focused on mommy. And I've been loving how they've worked in the comedy, but also turning that switch too, which has been great for them. So they keep playing that up. I think they set up a couple of good matches this year, not just with Dom, but a couple of them to take on. Give me punishment Martinez versus Gunter again, Gunter with that. Like that would be insane. Yeah, I would be so here for that. So after Santos, we get Mr. One, we get one half of the street profits, Angelo Dawkins. They did my boy, Angelo dirty. <laughs> I wish oh, yeah. he was in there yeah. longer. Both of them actually. Yeah. Seriously, they both, uh, yeah, they didn't get enough run. Dawkins did some good, so he got a good couple spots, but he just, it was that weird, like, bathroom big part of the Rumble where he just got stuck in there weird, just to basically take, be taken out by the next person. Mr. Brock Lesnar. Orc Laser. <laughs> Orc Laser. <laughs> that, oh, by the way, did you saw the meme of that today? <laughs> his facial when he got knocked out the facial expression when he, <gasps> got caught, no, when he was smiling at first because it's oh yeah i just made millions of dollars for working three minutes here and getting knocked out he's like, oh he's happy about it oh no i'm supposed to be angry about it and then he flips out so i was like i would rather have brock lesnar smile be like all right bobby i see you i'll get you later like that kind of bobby. mentality bobby, bobby. <laughs> so on, on my picks, this is something I, we're, we're here so we can get to. One of the picks that I made for the Biconics podcast and prep of this was I said, in the Rumble, there would be three Attitude Era, <laughs> old veteran whatever folks who show up. And I was right. And I, that was one that I was a throwaway. I was hoping I would get that not right. But if, you count Booker, if you, you count do, Booker yeah. T as the Attitude Era. Yep. Which we'll get could, to that. <laughs> you could argue back and forth. It was the Edge, Brock, and Booker T. There would have been a fourth had he gotten out there too. But for me, just like even pivoting off of that, I was upset where they had said we had so many good special things planned for this, like that they didn't need to worry about announcing Cody Rhodes or other stuff like that. There weren't that many good special, or if there were, like what were the good special like returns? There wasn't okay, good- so- I didn't like that. Well, okay. And then it bog- boggled my mind too, because I'm like looking this over. I was like, why were there no NXT men inside? Granted, there's only a few you really can pick, but like, where there was Braun, you could have Carmelo. He lost too early in the match. <laughs> no. Oh no, you didn't make it. Did you not put enough du- dual lands out? You didn't tap enough things. We had money. I know. I took like fifth. Oh, oh okay. I'm oh. still in my car. I'm driving home. I'm going to in and out to get food. You're just gonna you're just gonna pop in to tell us that. <laughs> I was gonna pop in to say penis and then leave, but then I started talking to me. We started we were, we I had a whole intro. In penis and then just leave. We had a whole <laughs> intro about you and your tournament shenanigans. Yeah, I took second in every single game. It's <laughs> pod, just... pods of four people in every so it's four, it's commander. So people who actually know that it's pods of four in this tournament. And person takes first and then we play for second. I took second every single time. Nice. <laughs> Is that a good thing or a bad thing? 
I just barely missed the top four oh, I'm sorry because of that. I'm disappointed in you. Was this in like I'm a Walmart parking myself. lot or was this like an no, actual was arena? At a game store. It was at a Michael's. Oh, was it actually was at a Michael's? <laughs> no, it was, what is it? Joanne's Fabric. Joanne's Fabric. We're in the back of the cutting tables and like people getting around you to get yards of fabric. They're just like playing. Yeah, I like started passing off some fucking ribbons and stuff. Excuse me, where are the Butterick patterns? Excuse me, I am about to do my turn here. I'm in the, uh, the untap phase. Hey, I'm in the middle of an ad nauseum right now. You need to hold on. I can't sacrifice a pantsuit pattern to be able to get what I need. Joanne's has to have a Magic the Gathering bolt of fabric somewhere where it's just cards on felt. I would not be surprised. There's, where they're just the gra- grandmas section. making pajamas for their kids' little card game. I made this one, are you? I reupholstered my couch just so you could use it on Saturdays. Do you like me yet? Oh Grandma, my this gosh. Is, Grandma, this is fourth edition. That's like fucking old. I made you a Yu-Gi-Oh sweater. Oh my gosh. Fuck, there's no one else in the car. Bye. Bye. Thanks for the update. Please Doing guys. good. That's my buddy Brandon. He was Playing the tournament with me. You can say hi. Hello, Brandon. Did, Welcome to the podcast. Did, How did you do, oh, Brandon? Brandon. How did you do, Brandon? <laughs> oh, I did worse. I did oh, worse. No. worse. Oh, I'll tell oh, you no. that. So you're saying mini cheated, basically, is what it is. Oh, I always cheat. What do you mean? It's not that you're supposed to cheat, right? You're supposed <laughs> to count cards and shuffle shit. Uh, you just draw extra cards. Oh, wait, no. Oh, Actually, shit, that was tarot be, deck. I have five mana floating, not three. That's wait, did you cheat over. come in second five times? Three times we cheat better, man. Come on, no, I'm, no, no. I'm too honest. To oh, cheat. no, I pulled this land tax. Fuck you. What did, what did I miss? Y'all been talking about the rumble? Oh, we've we're been just we've, in the, we're only we in the men's just, rumble right now. We're still, we're just start, we were in the middle of the men's rumble. We're, we're watching it right now. No, no, no watching we're, it. No. We're talking about it. We're going oh, over the men's rumble. We're literally just at, we're barely at Brock Lesnar coming in. (laughs) The professor left to go. What what have y'all been talking about for the past two hours? You, I'm I'm not that interesting enough to be talking about. (laughs) Mikey talked about NXT Vengeance for about an hour and a half. Just trying to push this promo. Shut up. It was like 30 minutes. Calm down. (laughs) It was Impact and NXT Vengeance Day. That was the full two hours we just did. Shut up. No, it wasn't. (laughs) We have been derailed. Let's keep this going. The professor also left. Yeah. I, oh no, I didn't tell the professor this. I told JVL, but oh, I haven't no. told because the professor wasn't on yet. But I told JVL before we started recording. Yeah. So WrestleMania listeners expect an on live location from yours truly and Minnie because both of us are going to be at WrestleMania and Stand and Deliver too. So that's going to be so good. Wait, Mikey, uh-huh. What is this Stand and Deliver? Is this another NXT thing we should know about? Yes, but I will cover that in our March episode. We don't got time for that right now because I don't know what the card's going to be yet. Anyways. All right. Let's keep this Rumble train going. Mini, go get some animal fries. For really me, quick please. before I go get yeah. Mini, uh, Rumble was dope. <laughs> yes. You, you approved of the Rumble? <laughs> oh, man. Is there no internet in all of Arizona? I'm crying of laughter. Bye, Mini. See you later. Oh, man. For anyone out there. Like, Arizona's just a portal people fall into. Mini is gone. That magic tournament was a... I don't know what happened. And you guys all glitched out, and I don't know what happened. <laughs> you did too! I turned my camera off because I thought it was like, making it worse. All right, Mini, you go enjoy the rest of your evening. We got to get through this because we still got a women's rumble to talk about too. I get 
at home before. I'll hop on. If not, your rumble was awesome. Ding. Enjoy Fuck your evening, man. Enjoy Enjoy your <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Holy <Thank> shit. Wow. <laughs> See, now I can't really be mad because that was great. That's <laughs> perfect. I just hopped on to say penis, and then I had my internet die on me when I'm trying to actually say something good. <laughs> By the way, this is Brandon. Hi, Brandon. Hi. All right. Oh, my. That was. I did worse. It was great. It was really great. That, All right. That might be so the most. Brock, that's the most so, Gen yeah. Z. That's the most Gen Z moment I think I've been a part of in quite yeah. a while. Where it was. Yeah. I know we just finished a magic tournament, and we're going to go eat it in and out. Hang on. Let me check Discord. I got to record a podcast real quick and then <laughs> jump on that jump. <laughs> I'm sitting here going, that friend's going, do you have a call in for this podcast where we can just call in randomly, jump on the Discord, and talk to you? Apparently we do. Let's call in the well. car. We'll never finish. We'll be here for days. We really will. All right. <laughs> but honestly, Simon like Simon Miller hit us up. Yeah, Simon Miller hit us up. All right. So while you were taking a bathroom break, John. <laughs> when we talked about the Latino wrestler and the first African American wrestler there, just letting you know. As normal, the white people just two steps behind the progress of minorities. Yeah. That's Speaking of do. white people, we're on Brock Lesnar now. <laughs> oh, I'm interested. I know who that is. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah, I don't want to spend too much time. Brock Lesnar came in, did what he did. He just f five people all over the place. It's crazy. He took everybody out. He only went four people out just to be able to do it. We were saying before on Angelo Dawkins, they did him dirty where he came in. He should have had a little more time because he's been doing so well. And Brock just cleaned house. I And then hmm. Bobbles Lashley comes down to the ring. Bobby Lashley <laughs> is a beautiful man. I love that. He eliminated the Brock, right? That was Bobby. I'm watching yes, it, it right Bobby. now. I have it. Yeah, I was happy to see that. I love I, watching people get that pop because I remember when Jer did it and the crowd went nuts. I <laughs> means more this year with Bobby because Bobby and him have been going back and forth on stuff. So that was great. Especially since Brock screwed Bobby Lashley out of him potentially regaining the United States Championship after Mr. A-Town Down, Austin Theory. <laughs> That's still a stupid thing. And, and then Baron Corbin got the Heath Slater role this year. Oh my gosh, he didn't even get in the ring before Brock laid him out. And then so got is, in the ring and got eliminated later. Is by there Seth freaking Rollins. Go ahead, All right, I'm trying to find them. There was a moment I was trying to find about an elimination that I had a question mark about, and I can't remember what it was. Is there... No, I don't want to ramble too much. This would be for a different podcast. But is this a... Would you say that this is a accurate telling... Excuse me, an accurate telling of what the WWE actually thinks of the talent and where they should be when they're eliminated. Probably. Like, is this like, a, is this accurate enough as far as we think this of you, we think this well, of you. Not really. Or is it all? I mean, the I'm, major play, it is telling in the senses is like, usually the final six is probably like your right. top stars at the moment on the roster that are in there. I'm trying to think uh, for me, I feel like this year and like the last couple of years also, they've been after the whole thing with Brock running through the entire rumble, they've gotten better about like, we know that he's unstoppable. We've got all these things that are set up, but we have found ways not to waste your time watching it. Cause it won't be fun to watch it anymore. So That's it's not like your ranking as much as it's good storytelling at that point. That's more of what I was going to ask, because are they trying to weave story in there so you watch, or are you actually trying to get hierarchy out no. of... It's more story now, because they've got so many good people on the roster, they have to do it that way, which makes more sense in that respect. The other thing I wanted to ask with this is, Brock takes the stairs and, like, bashes the table. Angry. It doesn't break. No, it didn't break. And then the next match, it falls apart. So <laughs> do they just turn the switch and un unlock the lock on it, or, like... I don't know. 
I was just, yeah, they but... filled it full of neon jizz. It's, it was different than anything else. I think there was a botch or two in that match. And we'll talk we'll about get there. It. I promise we'll get there. Because <laughs> so we're up, only half... Up next, up next was Heath Slater, Baron Corbin, who then got thrown out in 10 seconds. Yeah, by the next entrance, Seth freaking Rollins. Oh, Sethy boy. Sethy boy. We'll talk about his elimination because I was like, whoa. Anyways, all right. So after Otis... Uh, no, after Seth is Otis... We talked about him a little bit. Yeah. Did the caterpillar, did the hip shakes. I'm so glad to let him do that again. Oh my gosh. I love it. They wouldn't, Otis, him, they wouldn't let him shake his hips. No, yeah. when he joined Alpha Academy, they made him serious. They shaved the beard off. He didn't talk. He, was he couldn't do that. They didn't let him do the caterpillar or shake his hips and gyrate. Wow. And he's a big, funky, like bowling ball. You want him to be funny. He's a less problematic Tyrus. Yes. <laughs> But then, we, so Otis came in, did his stuff. Everyone was so happy to see him do all that stuff. And then we had the non-entrant. And I don't remember the real reason why he wasn't there. I okay, so that. I found this out as I was doing my research today. So Rey Mysterio didn't, was supposed to come in at number 17, did not come uh, out. Uh-huh. I come to find out as I was doing research this morning, apparently Ray couldn't compete in the Rumble because he is he got injured on the SmackDown taping when he faced Karrion Cross during the match. I was like, gosh, dang it. I was like, Ray, you better not be out because I I know that it's. But they played it smart because next entrance 18 was Dominic and Dominic came out with Ray's mask. And he he couldn't rip it. (laughs) Just made him look like an asshole. Oh, ex-condom. Condom. Condom. He's no longer subbing Nick. (laughs) He is now ex-condom. I... I don't like him. You're not <laughs> okay. supposed to. You're not supposed to. Okay, Dominic but, the person is actually really cool. He's actually he, genuinely okay. a he's genuinely a sweet kid. For all, all the right, stuff he grew up fair. with, I'm not surprised. I'm very yeah, surprised. I'm very sure, surprised. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. But yeah, I, as the character, you're supposed to hear him because he's supposed to be a little shit. He's supposed to be a yeah. chicken shit heel, he's and totally he does that shit. very very well. Yeah. And Michael Cole is all in on calling him a little shit. Yes, <laughs> that was so fun. Was Michael great. Cole has Michael Cole is so great now that Vince is no longer screaming in his ear because I love that he brings up like out actually other promotions like yeah. when Michael like Michael Cole brought like in NXT too. I appreciate it when the passing of Mr. Briscoe, like the NXT commentary team is like family whatnot. Okay, so as a sidebar, real quick, right? So they were supposed so the new day we're gonna have the segment for the tag team division. It was supposed to be like a funeral service, but then they dropped that entire thing once that happened. I was like, uh, good yeah. on NXT. Good. Yeah. Because <laughs> normally WWE has a bad history of when shit like that happens, they just do it anyways, and it's in poor taste. <laughs> Can I also say I loved when Dominic tried to hit Gunter and all of a sudden you're like, oh, shit, you done bad boy. And he just started chopping the crap out of him. I love when he tried to beat up Seamus and Seamus just turns to him and says, what are you doing? It was great. But, but Dom, after Dom did good shit stuff. It was fun. It was great. After Dominic, we had walk in with Elias. Why? <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why? You could have put in anybody else. Like Elias has done nothing. For the last, like, you had so many other people that could have done something. I mean, it is, it is what it is. We don't talk about it. Get the guitar shot on Gunter, so he was like cut open the hard way on his back the rest of the match. And then, yeah, oh yeah, I I just cut up. I just got to Elias, and I'm looking at the feed right now, and I, I, forgettable. I don't remember anything this guy did. It was whatever. After Elias at number twenty is Finn Balor, looking like a wannabe like Silver Surfer in that silver freaking arm like elbow pad, big cock Balor. Why did they? Why is he called Prince? Why are they calling him Prince? Prince? Because Prince Albert. In, no, I was kidding. No, when he was oh, in, New he's Japan, got one of those. No, yeah, when he was in Japan, his character was called Prince Devitt. 
Mm-hmm. And so that's what they couple for him. He was the evil oh. prince, like a Machiavellian prince. And so he's brought that back now. It's just, it was legit. <laughs> when he started Bullet Club, he was Prince Devitt. Yeah. I hate the fact that by the time I fast forward at 30 seconds, they're still walking to the ring. Anyway, carry on. <laughs> with Elias. They're walking with Elias. <laughs> they're they're just... literally. Yeah. So Finn yeah. Balor comes in. And then 21 is, can you dig it, sucker? Oh, my God. Did you... He didn't look like he aged a day. No. I was like, damn, Booker exactly T. I was like, listen, melanin, black don't crack, y'all. <laughs> it really gotta, don't. He's got to be up there. I oh, His ponytail, too. I'm like, how are you working that with mm-hmm. loose dread, uh, dread braids? Like, he was doing really well with it, too. But I'm like, he's going to fall the wrong way. It's going to pull his head back. I don't know if it was a... There's a part of me that was excited by the time Booker T got in there and was rolling, and then all of a sudden eliminated 60 seconds later. Like, I did Okay. But, oh... This has happened to him multiple times, though. Even when he was on the ring roster, when he does the spin a rooney, he gets eliminated right afterwards. That literally is always a thing. Is that, is that the joke? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Every time he's if, come back. Oh, okay. But if that's the joke, then that's unfortunate because I wanted to see him do a little more. Yeah. Maybe it's just because I miss Booker T. We didn't get the axe kick. We got everything else but the axe kick. I wanted the axe kick. After Booker T, 22, Mr. Damian Priest, a.k.a. Punisher Martinez on the Indies. Punisher Martinez. After that, we had the other half of the Street Profits, Montez Ford, who only lasted 44 seconds after getting eliminated by Damian Priest. But you need to give Priest something, because Priest, again, needed, he's a big powerhouse. You want him to be able to do that. I want to see Priest and Gunter go at it. Yeah, oh, that would be such a... Give me that match right now. After Montez Ford, you think you know me. <laughs> is oh. tw- Number 24 is Edge. I was very excited. Yeah. Partly because of my Edge was. Go- yeah, I knew Edge was going to return, but like, still nothing beats when he first came back in the Rumble. And everyone said like his yearly return. Now it's like, no, but the other, and it's not a surprise return anymore. It's I love him to death, and I'm glad he's there. But it's not. I wanted more surprises. I was so disappointed that we didn't get the Great Muda or the Great Muda and other things like that that could have been in there that could have been brought over. There were so many people they had done business with that you could have had such a better Rumble. Yeah, we'll get into that. Yeah, we'll get into that after we cover the rest of the men. So there was Edge and then number 25, Austin Theory, A-Town Down. But before Austin Theory could get to the ring, Edge eliminated all of Judgment Day. Judgment Day eliminated Edge. And then he, he, I was like, old ass Edge booking it up that ramp, chasing (laughs) Finn Balor and Balor tripped. He didn't get to his spot. He tripped and fell and rolled. And that's why he got to him in time. Wait, really? I'm trying oh, yeah. to find this now. And you wa- you're watching Austin Theory go, no, no, you, you know, I'm not going to go down. You guys do this. He's like waving him off. He's not going to make his entrance. And then Mommy comes <laughs> down. Mommy. Mommy comes Rhea out. Ripley. Yeah, Rhea Ripley attacks Edge. And then the shot of Beth Phoenix Fucking from behind Phoenix. and the slow turn into a spear. Can I say, though, very upset she was there and she wasn't in the fucking rumble. That's, That's that was supposed to be your freaking legend spot, not Michelle McCool in the freaking front row. Uh, Lady Undertaker doesn't need any more eliminations. We'll talk. We'll talk about that when we get to the women's because yeah. So yeah. So then Austin Theory. After Austin Theory is Omos in there. Why? I know he's a giant, but why? Is that yeah. why? So I don't know anything about Omos. I saw Omos in one other event. I think last. So month, this is what I'll say about him. Omos. And you know everything about Omos. Now. You've seen him really. Match. You know everything about Omos. Is it is it the stereotypical Vince McMahon, you're big, you're great, let's put you in a costume? Is that exactly what that is? Not necessarily a costume, but yeah, he's the he's this giant like Nigerian like but, wrestler. Yeah, four, he was the bouncer pounds. for Shane McMahon's like raw underground when that was a thing. That was a oh. wild time, by the way. Oh my gosh. 
that was a wild time. But yeah, you with hookers. It was ridiculous. Anywho, oh. after Omos, then we have Braun Strowman. And you had the kaiju fight, which we all knew was going to happen. Can I say <laughs> like whether it was a, whether it was going to happen or if it was punishment because of what Braun said about flippy dippy like super high flyers that they made him pair with Ricochet. I kind of really like this tag team. Braun's brilliant. He's a walking heat machine, and yeah, we're going to punish you by putting you with the best high flyer out there. And it turned out to be something I didn't know I wanted. <laughs> exactly. I can't wait to see more of that stuff. It's just the Hulk throwing Wolverine around, man. But then like, again, I should have <laughs> expected that I would have liked this pair because how much I really loved Braun and Alexa during the Mix Max Challenge Tournament. They were Team Little Big, which is still one of my favorite teams to come out of that. They've got to call Braun and Ricochet fastball special. They yes. <laughs> Speaking of Ricochet, at number 28, he comes in. Rick O'Shea. Of course, Ricochet is going to be the person that does all the crazy high-flying stuff. He eliminates Austin Theory, so that was pretty cool. And then, of course, number 29, everybody's favorite YouTube personality, Logan Paul. Another surprise return, (laughs) which didn't need to be there. I don't want to like him, but... No, like, yeah. I will admit, though. I don't want to like Logan Paul. But I respect I, what yeah. Logan Paul's doing. If that's a horrible, if that makes any sense, I hate that he's as good at the wrestling yep. that he is. I hate that his brother is involved with him, and I hate that his buckshot lariat is prettier and better than Adam Page's. Yes, Hangman Page's, and I have to give him credit because that crazy ass spot between him and Ricochet—that ridiculous. That was, I was coast so, to coast thing was that I won was, me over. I was so pissed off of how much I popped for that. I was like, I don't like Logan Paul, but yeah. that was. Phenomenal. I had the and exact then, same moment. And with him being what would happen later, the funny part is, even though commentary is going on about like, they weren't referring to him at all because it's the same spot that always happens. Someone rolls out and they forget they're there. The camera picked him up everywhere because he wouldn't get low enough. His face was always in between the bottom rope and you saw him lying there and not moving like he would be like going out. So it like it took away from the commentary going, we're down to the final four. You're not down to the final four. Yep, I caught that He's too. Still there. Like, it looks like there's only enough. four of them. He said that they laid that on a few times. Well, they yeah. But last so, into the rumble. Well, before, th- yeah, we could talk about, yeah. So number 30, adrenaline in my soul. We knew that he like I when they I was like, yeah, he's coming back to the rumble, according to the news reports. Yes. Did I knew he was winning? Did I care? Not really. (laughs) It was the right choice. It was the right choice. And they didn't waste it. They they, he earned that stuff. And and like talking today, he's oh, yeah, no, I'm actually like severely beaten up right now where we were actually worried about the amount of times that Gunter chopped him in the repaired shoulder. Yeah. What's hard is. And this is just me and storytelling brain and, and wrestling what I know of the rumble and stuff like that. It's always, it's either the first, second, third, or it's somewhere in the 24th to 30th, right? Like those are the winning slots. 27 was normally the one that like usually won a lot. Yeah. You yeah. want to maximize who's there and you want the build up to the win and the thing. So the fact that Gunther was still in there at one by the time Cody's in there. And then Cody's at 30. You're like, okay, it's got, it's Cody's getting the push, right? Like it's going to be, and it's hard to, it's hard for me to not go full meta. <laughs> Just be like, I yeah. guess it's going to, there's so many crazy yes. things that can happen. So but, once Cody enters, we get eliminations. And then if I remember correctly, the final four end up being Seth, Gunther, Cody, and Logan, right? Yeah. Well, Logan was out. So there was someone else before that was, was it Ricochet? 
Hold up, I got this. Because the final, so the final four. I'm on it right now. I'm watching Braun Strowman get destroyed. Okay, Good. so yeah, so no, so yeah, so I was right. So the final four was mm-hmm. Cody, Gunther, Logan, and Seth. So those are the four. So when we, because Austin Theory gets eliminated by Cody, and then we're down to the final four. So for all intent- on, here it is. Sorry, <laughs> bad podcasting. Yeah, there it is. I'm so mad of how much I popped for that spot. It was ridiculous. But so in the final four, Seth, for all intents and purposes, gets fourth place because Logan eliminates him. Then Logan gets immediately afterwards eliminated by Cody. Then for a good chunk of time, we get Gunther versus Cody, which was a match I never knew I wanted, but I was enjoying for what it was. And me, there were actually I knew it. Like I said, I knew Cody's going to win. That was pretty much discussed, but. They got a couple of spots in me where I was like, wait a second. Whoa, that's close. That's pretty good. Gunter did some good job. There was a lot of good stuff yeah. in it. They yeah. Did good, they did a good, they led you on. They sold it really well. And I like love, there was a line in commentary that was really good too, where it's, this is really coming down to at this point. It's can Gunter's amount, like the amount of time that he's in the ring, go up against Cody's ring rust. What's going to give first? And like that made put it back in. Of course, yeah, he's fresh, but he's rusty. Yeah, of course that wouldn't make sense. Right. I love this other spot, this Ricochet Cody trying over the rope, fighting fighting over the rope before the elimination bit. That's mm-hmm. That was lovely, too. Yeah, that was really good. Ultimately, Cody is able to knock Gunther down to the floor, and Cody Rhodes is the winner of the 2023 Men's Royal Rumble. Yeah. <laughs> That's next. The other Cody spot that was really good, even though I hate that Logan Paul's involved, is Logan Paul's trying to do the... No, no, it was Dominic trying to do the Three Amigos. He tries to do the three amigos. Yeah. And he gets the third one and Cody flips over and puts him in the crossroads. Yes. Amazing counter to that. I love that counter. Yeah. Watching the scrum afterwards too is interesting with Cody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Overall, I enjoyed the men's rumble. They did a I think they did a decent job because there are a lot of potential like WrestleMania matches you can have with the men yeah. and the women's actually. Like, I'm excited for that. I would love to see Edge and Beth versus no, because I don't know how you would because Rhea, we'll talk about her in a little bit, but like I still want my Edge and Beth and Mix tagged against Judgment Day in some sort, but I don't know how that that works. That's that's coming up at Elimination Chamber, I believe. I think they're going to do it there. I don't know, but they have two weeks. They literally have three weeks to, no, three to four weeks to build for Elimination Chamber, so that's going to be interesting. Yeah, not even that, because end of this week is the first week of February. They have another week, and that's it. Like, basically about two and a half. Yeah, because the way it goes, according to my wrestling pay-per-view, this upcoming Saturday is Vengeance Day. The following is God, nothing. Yeah, the, there's nothing the week after that. And then the third weekend of the month, you have Elimination Chamber and Battle in the Valley on the same night. <laughs> yeah, I'm missing Battle in the Valley to be at Elimination Chamber. But still, I think, yeah, I, the, overall, the men's match, not as terrible as it could have been. There was definitely a lot of good. It was one of the better storytelling ones they've had in a while. Sure. Mm-hmm. Not having your main storyline, the bloodline involved at all. That's was huge. great. Yeah. I was, gen- I was genuinely interested. As, last year, I watched it as an outsider looking in. I wonder what they're doing with the wrestling nerd who was pissed the off the one. entire time. And then uh, yeah. this year being like, oh, I was actually engaged each time. There was genuinely. <laughs> My only. Shit. Yeah, my only critique with the men's rumble that I have, and this is just a personal nitpick because we got some NXT representation in the women's. I was like, there were a few men they could have thrown in some of these spots. Like you could have had a Braun Breaker, Carmelo Hayes. Where is Cameron Grimes? Sure. And even if you were going to like some of the other ones, too, I don't know. Maybe people wouldn't know, but give me a Tyler Bate or even I don't freaking know. 
We'll also talk about the... Yeah, Ilya Dragunov. You had Gunter in there. You stick Dragunov in the freaking Rumble? That would have been beautiful. I was like, give me TakeOver Part 2 right now. (laughs) Now that I'm thinking of it now, there were no Asian American or Japanese... Where was Shinsuke? (laughs) Sure. Like, nobody in there. That's unfortunate. Yeah. Which I will credit the women's because, yeah, we'll get to the women's in a little bit.